Hi, this is Jason Sohail Ascari. And this is Anna Ascari. I grew up and studied about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles all my life. And I never got the chance to watch any of the original series. The both of us were going to watch all 193 episodes of the original series. And give you a perspective from an expert. And a new viewer. This is what we call a Tata Recall. Alrighty, and welcome to episode 30 of Turtle Recall. I am Jason Sohail, and joined with me, as always, is my ever-so-lovely and totally excited because she's about to talk to her, uh, who she feels is the hero of the story, wife, Anna. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello. Uh, who is the... The hero? Oh, the hero. The hero. Oh, the hero. Uh, I and, know that. Yes, in today's podcast, we are going to be talking about the episode, Attack of Big Mac. There's no the in it. I keep wanting to put the in there, but there's no the in that title. But more, most importantly, we're going to be talking about this episode with Pat Fraley. Uh, who, if you're not aware, is the voice of Crane. <laughs> and he's awesome. Yes, yes, it is awesome. It's going to be uh, incredible. Uh, totally excited about it. The best part was... He actually called my phone, and that was like the weirdest, like surreal moment. <laughs> Krang is calling my phone. Yeah, exactly. Krang is calling my phone. Oh, I have to kiss your phone. Uh, well, uh, you know, we don't want to keep him uh, waiting for too long, so we're gonna go ahead and jump into the news. This week is a lot of action figures, and the first one I want to get into is NECA. Uh, so, you know. NECA had reveals, and Super 7 had reveals. Uh-huh. So first, uh, so first we're going to get into NECA. Uh, so before I get into NECA, I'm, I, I'm putting this out here. Sp- uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> All right, the reason why. You have to put this on the thumbnail. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can just, like, not put the actual image that we're about to talk about. <laughs> but, all right. And the reason I'm putting the spoiler alert is because... The first one of the things that Necker revealed is what's coming in their Ninja Turtle loot crate. So if you don't, if you order the loot crate and you don't want to know what's inside, you want to be surprised. Uh, like uh, go grab a snack if you're listening to this live. If you're uh, li- listen listen to this archive, uh, just skip ahead a few minutes. But we're going to just uh, kind of uh, like tell you what's coming into the loot crate. Like now, to me, to be now, to be honest, I actually personally, I wish I didn't know because I wanted to be surprised when I opened it. But like, Decca spoiled it for me too because like they just like went out and like said it. So uh, like, yeah, if you just want to be surprised, just uh, just just be aware that we're gonna reveal like. And if you're watching this on YouTube, we're gonna show the picture. So uh, you know, this is just 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 your warning. So like I said, loot crate. Uh, you know, the Ninja Turtles had the special loot crate. You know, we got the, if you remember, we unboxed the comic one. Yes. And the second one is the arcade one, and that got delayed. It was originally supposed to come out last month, uh, September, and it got delayed to this month, October. So sometime this month, probably at the end of this month, if it doesn't get delayed again, um, like we should be getting that one. And actually, that's the only figure I don't know. Um, like, uh, so FYI, I, re- I don't know that uh, I don't know what the figure is for the next box, but 
The last box is going to be the based off the cartoon series. And NECA has revealed that we're getting these. Oh, this is what you get, you, you get in the... Yes, this is what we're getting in the last uh, uh, Ninja Turtle Loot Crate box. That's so funny. Yeah, so funny. All right, so, uh, all right. Uh, for you guys not, like, watching this on YouTube and listening to the audio po podcast, it's a it's a, basically a bunny uh, Rocksteady and a bunny Bebop. And all right, now here's the uh, here's the deal. Is it for Easter? Yes, it's for Easter. They're they're dressed up as, they're dressed up as bunnies. And now here's the deal. If you get the loot, if you can just get the loot crate box, you're only getting Rocksteady. Um, like so, the actual loot crate box is like Rocksteady. Bebop is only offered if you bought all three. Like, if you bought all three in the special bundle price, which I believe there was no special price. So, uh, what is the number three? Uh, number three is Rocksteady. It's just that when you buy all three, uh, that's when, that's how you get the Bebop. Uh -huh. In the bunny costume. So, what is number one? Number one was the, the, the Shredder. Oh, so it's the same series. Yes, it's the same series, yes. Oh, Number one was the Shredder. Because before we had a Splinter too. Right, Splinter was like by itself. Splinter was like, uh -huh. hey, we're doing this one by itself. Uh -huh. Now, um, now, unfortunately, during this time, um, Loot Crate has sold out. Like, it, like so uh, you can't actually order this anymore. So if you're seeing this, you're like, wow, I really want this. Um, just keep an eye on Loot Crate because when... When they uh, shipped out all the Splinter boxes, they actually had more and that people were able to buy separately. So if you missed out and you're like, wow, I actually really want these figures. Uh, like, you know, don't like, don't jump on eBay just yet. I mean, first it's not even out yet, but don't like, don't try to like scramble and try to pay the scalper prices. Wait to see if uh, Loot Crate uh, has more. Uh, I do, I do want to briefly talk about these figures. If you notice, they have like the same body, like they, like, the only thing different between two is just the actual head. Yeah. 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 Do you see? Like e even the the hands. Uh, I I don't know. Maybe the hands are different. Like uh, Bebop has more like fingers on his hands, while Roxy has more hands. Uh, we see with uh, this photo right here, we see that Bebop clearly has an Easter basket. Uh, like maybe Roxy probably has an Easter basket, like probably underneath his picture. But I see they have d different hands too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like they have different hands, but 100% the body's the same. <laughs> but it, it looks funny. It, it, it's cute. Uh, it reminds me of when they made the Team NT Legends mobile game, like for the classic Bebop from Rocksteady. They had them in bunny suits, and it kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> yeah. That's very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny, but yeah, that is so. That's. For the loot crate portion. How big are they? Uh, they're going to be the same size of like Roxanne Bebop and the other figures. Uh -huh. they're, they're the same size as the other figures. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that but that's the that's the loot crate portion of this. Uh, what they also uh, said. Oh hey, uh, and Jose has said hi to us. Hello Jose. Hello. Neca also revealed. Uh, they also revealed this. That's coming for their video game line. So you That's know, so cool. yeah. So Neca loves uh, Roxanne and Bebop right now. So if, like you know, if you're like, hey, you know, what? I don't have enough Roxanne and Bebop, <laughs> Neca has solved that problem for you. 
So, uh, I think I like Bebop better. Uh, okay, so you probably don't you probably don't know what this is from. No, they're like uh, no, I don't know. What it is. Uh, okay, so obviously they're pirates. Uh -huh. Okay, so uh, this is for the video game uh, series. Uh, we have Roxanne and Bebop as as pirates. If you guys played Turtles in Time, now when I say Turtles in Time, I mean the Super Nintendo version, not the arcade version. So if you have like the arcade one up arcade, and you're like, hey, I don't remember these, I don't remember uh, these two being in the game. They were not in the original arcade. They were uh, they were added in in the Super Nintendo version to make the game longer for the home console. And so, uh, basically what happened was, in the end of the pirate level, uh, the Super Nintendo version, Konami, they took that version, they put, they took out, uh, Toko and Razar, put in Rocksteady and Bebop, and then Toko and Razar don't appear until the Technodrome level, like, uh, towards the end of the game. Uh-huh. So, uh, and that was just the way of doing it, but, like... Like, Pirate Roxanne and Pirate Bebop were, like, always, like, I always, like, liked these. And I thought, especially for that level, because you're in a pirate ship. Yeah. Uh, they felt more in that level than, like, finding just random Toka and Razar from, like, the second movie. <laughs> like, so, I really like this. Uh, like, you know, um, they have the pixels, if you see. Like, uh, if you see the paint um, job, they have, like, the yeah. pixels, just like the other arcade figures. That's cool. Yeah. This is going to be a two-pack. And these are coming at some time in 2021. They don't have a date yet, but they just said 2021. So, uh, like, you know, it could be in the middle. It could be in the springtime 2021, or it could be, like, towards the end. As we've seen, like, this year, everything that they released that they announced uh, on 2019 was, like, released at the end of, uh, 20, of like, you know, 2020. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um... Uh, overall, I actually really like these figures. Uh, we see that Roxanne has a has a sword. I'm hoping Bebop will have a whip, because uh, in the game, like that's what he has. He has a whip to hit the turtles. Uh -huh. Yeah, and then uh, what's also cool, like when you beat them, like because uh, the like you can't actually like kill one of them. Like when you when one of them runs out of health, he still sticks around, and you have to beat the other one, and then like. At the end, when you beat, when you finally beat all both of them, like they they end up hitting each other and fall off the boat. It's a really funny scene. That's so funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, let us know what you guys uh, think about these new uh, necro reveals. And... All the details on the necklace of the. Yeah, 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 yeah. N N NECA's done a really good job with the details. I I've personally I love the way they've been doing it. Uh, they've been doing it like to make sure it's like accurate. Uh, from like you know whether from the arcade or from the show or from the uh, comics, uh -huh. whichever one or the movie I should say. There's also a movie too, uh, so uh, you know however they do it, but they've been doing a great job on that. So Nega had their reveal. They did their reveal at ToyCon. I thought Super Seven was going to do their reveal at their st still at Homicon or. Still stay at Homicon, something like that. But they actually ended up... Super 7 did their action figure reveal... Actually, a few days earlier than that. I want to say they did it on Tuesday, maybe. Or no, not Tuesday. We recorded on Tuesday. So obviously, I think they did it on Wednesday. Uh-huh. And this is what's coming up from Super 7. Oh, this is it. Wave 4. 
If you remember last week, we were talking about Muckman's foot. Yes. Now we have a body for Muckman. Oh my god, this is so cool. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we're. What like, is that teddy bear in his stomach? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has a teddy bear. Okay, so, um, we'll, we'll get into Muckman. I mean, but, like, the details are, like, fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, like, um,. So, yeah, we're going to go into all the figures, uh, just, like, obviously, for people who listen to audio podcasts, um, NECA is releasing Mondo Gecko, Muckman, uh, Casey Jones, and, of course, Donatello. Why Mondo Gecko is very ugly? Is it, like, the original? Yeah, that's original. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, th- this is the original, and, like, they're, they're more based off the action figure than the actual cartoon. Like, so, you know, NECA's having their own Mondo Gecko. Mondo, their Mondo Gecko uh, looks a little different from this. It's, like, a lot less scaly. I love the uh, serious face of Donatello. Yeah, all right. So, let's go ahead and start breaking down these figures. Okay. So, uh, you, all right. So, right now we're looking at uh, Donatello. You know, Donatello's kind of, like, standard, like, I would say. Because if you've seen, you know, Raphael's already out. Uh, a lot of you guys already have Raphael. And, or some of you guys have missed out on Raphael. And now, like, trying to, uh, uh, you know, get, find a good price on Raphael. Just hold on. Like, you know, uh, Super 7 has said, like, they're trying to find a way to re-release um, those figures. But, yeah. Uh, Raf- uh, Donatello has, like, two, fa- t- uh, two faces. He has his classic action figure face with the... Grinning teeth on both sides. Uh, and then he has this, like, really serious face. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, his, you see, his skin is more brown, and that's what he looked like in the co- in the action figure. But, like, I, my brother and I, we were always like, why, why is Donatello brown? And all the other turtles are green. Because, like, all of them had a different shade of green. It's just for some reason they went to Donatello, and they just, like, ask. Ah, we ran out of green. We ran out of shades of green. We just went brown. <laughs> uh, like, you know. Uh, he has the turtle calm, like what the other uh, three turtles have. Uh, you know, extra hands. He has pizza, like the other three turtles have. And he also has the painted bow staffs. The only thing I'm not seeing with Dantel, I don't see painted ninja stars or the other weapons. Like, you know, we see the ones that are like... Uh, non-painted, yeah, that's connected to the weapons rack. Uh-huh. So, uh, I'm not sure, like, you know, especially, like, Raphael came with those. Like, I'm not sure if, like, they're gonna, like, re- uh, bring them with those painted weapons as well. Yeah, I, I find it odd that they won't, uh, if yeah, they don't. Yeah, especially, like, uh, Donatello that is, like, inventing so many stuff, like, uh, I was hoping that he has something cool extra uh, yeah like a kid yeah no i i kind of agree like they, like you know because we've seen super 7 put like something a little extra that's based off the cartoon yes and uh they decided they they didn't really do that with with donatello oh uh so we have a, a message from uh jose so uh-huh. those looks awesome i'm really excited for uh, this new line and the packaging is nice which is how i'm going to display mine in their package i really like uh, i think that's what you do yeah <laughs> i really like them and uh, since i saw this line and i'm uh, glad the first wave is uh hard to get hard to get <laughs> yeah yeah no no i i definitely i definitely agree with you there um like you know I'm, I'm glad i got the ones i wanted from the first wave i didn't get all of them but i got the ones i wanted 
but yeah uh but yeah that that's uh donatello but uh thank you for your input jose and like you know anyone who's like watching this if you guys want to like chime in just let us know <laughs> yes but uh i agree the packaging are very nice yeah the packaging is really nice all right Let's go ahead. We're going to take a look. We're right now looking at Casey Jones. By the way. I love the color. Yeah. By the way, this voice actor is on our uh, podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it should be really fun. Uh, you know, I uh, hope you guys. Uh, oh, I'm excited. Yes, exactly. I'm really excited about that. All right. So this is Casey Jones. Uh, more based off the action figure than he was the, in, in the cartoon. Uh, you know, he comes with a. Uh, a bunch of accessories uh one thing i don't see here i don't see the painted hockey pucks but i know i know um i i saw uh one of their pictures that had showed uh hockey like the the hockey pucks uh, also painted a part of him so i don't know why this picture doesn't have it one thing i noticed that's actually uh what i thought it was actually pretty cool all right you see uh, this thing that's like connecting all the weapons and everything uh -huh. you see how it kind of looks like you, you see all these like uh, little uh, things over here? Uh-huh. All right. So because it took me a while. I was like trying to figure out what is that? Uh, so instead of a weapons rack, because, well, Casey Jones never came with a weapons rack. And the original Casey Jones figures never came with anything to separate the weapons. Uh-huh. Um, but what they decided to do is like they put it in this holder and it's... To make it, it full? Yeah, well, yeah, to make it full and also give them like two, like, you know, unpainted and painted weapons. Uh-huh. So you have that classic look and that um that you know that painted the, the more modern look, but the actual holder is a is a net. It, it it's like a hockey net. There's just oh, no. Uh, that's so cool. Yeah, there's no like net, the actual net in there. It took me a while to figure it out. I was like, because I really was like, is that supposed to be barbed wire? And I was like, oh, it's a hockey net. That's so smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually really cool. Like it almost makes me wish like. They put like they they give us like a like a fabric net to go with it so we can like make an actual net out of this. <laughs> like I'm not planning to uh, take break the weapons off this thing, but uh, you know uh, I thought I thought that was a really cool thing. I like uh, that the he has uh, the hands has two different color of gloves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I, I do. I do like that too. He we're looking at Muckman right now. And th this is actually something I was kind of curious about, uh, Muckman, and uh, because all right, so when the action figure Muckman came out, uh, it was Muckman, and he came with this other little figure, and that was Joe Eyeball. <laughs> and uh, I was wondering, like, you know, are we gonna have a unpainted Joe Eyeball or something like that, or like out in like uh, like you know Baxter, he came with the Mouser, if you remember. So yes. it's almost like this. It's almost like there he's coming with the Mouser. He. Um, what's cool about Muckman, like, just his detail. I think Muckman out of the four looks the best. Because, like, they painted everything. The original action figures had, like, all this, all this, like, detail in it. But, like, most of it was unpainted that you never noticed. And, like, you know, we even have, if you look on the side of him, he even has, like, an ID card. Uh, you know, um, I can't see it from here. It looks like he has a beard. If I remember, I... Uh, oh, it looks uh, like beards or some kind of bugs. Right. Oh uh, no 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 uh, the ID card over here. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah he he yeah he he has he, he has ID card like um uh, I was about to, I was about to mix him up with uh Mutagen Man Mutagen Man with Seymour Guts I I can't remember what actually his his real name is now uh from the cartoon um 
but yeah, um, really cool. I really, and like, you know, we have the painted teddy bear. We have like the orbs. It's actually really cool. His trash can is painted that, and that goes on his back. So you can put your eyeball uh, on the back. And um, his extra set hands have like the, the ooze. That's so cute. Yeah, it's actually really cool. Oh, I love that it has ooze. Yeah, yeah, and then and then he comes. He also comes with a gun, and uh, the gun is actually the gun is painted. He does from this picture we have. He does not look like he come with any unpainted weapons. Uh huh. Yeah. So, uh, which is all right. Um, but that that's Muckman. And then the last one we're looking at is Mondo Gecko. What's cool about Mondo Gecko is we got two heads for Mondo Gecko. Two head and two different kind of hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have like almost like three pair. Oh no! Well, technically we have four pairs of hands, Isn't which is funny because he doesn't have a single weapon for him to hold. That's so cool. Is that a skeleton on his knee? Oh uh, yes, yes. It's like a skeleton, like that for his knee pad. Uh huh. Yeah, and then um, and then uh, we have uh, a skateboard. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, because the original action figure came with the skateboard. Uh, I don't see a peg on the skateboard, so I don't know if we can, like, connect it to his foot or not. So, you know, we might have to, um, we might have to, like, you know, just, uh, kind of balance him on the skateboard, like, you know. Uh, like, uh, I think that, I think I see, isn't it? I don't know, maybe uh, no, I, from here is not clear. Yeah, from here is not clear. I mean, we'll, we'll, it'll be clear when we get the figure. Uh, again, Mondo Gecko does not have any unpainted weapons, but at the same time, the really the only accessory he has is, other than his hands is the and head, is actually the skateboard itself. And which makes sense. I mean, I, I don't. I'm glad they didn't try to like give Mondo Gecko like a blaster or anything like that. If I remember the car, the original action figure, he didn't come with any weapons or anything like that. Okay, I'm, I'm looking at what Jose wrote here. He's, he wrote, what characters would you like for the next wave? I'm excited for Usagi Ojimbo. I'm really excited for Usagi Ojimbo. Uh, so we know, we definitely know Usagi Ojimbo is coming. We just don't know what wave is coming in. Uh, but I'm 100% excited for. Uh, Yosagi Ajebo. Uh Characters that um, I would love to see. Uh, I want to see Slash. Like, more than anything. Like, Slash, I'm like 100% uh, going to be in line for that one. Slash is one of those rare figures that I thought his action figure was like 100 times cooler than what he was in the cartoon. Uh-huh. So, that, like, so I would love like a modern version of that Slash. Um, that that's uh, that's one I would like to see. Uh, another one I would love to see. I would like to see like uh, I would like to see Rat King or uh, Chrome Dome. Uh, like the, and then there's just a bunch that like I would love to see that like I never got when I was a kid. Like that I was wanted. Like even like someone like Ace Duck because I never bought I never got Ace Duck when I was a kid. So it'd be so cool like to get. Like a modern figure of a figure I missed when I was a child. Yes, yeah. Yeah. That, and also, um, you know, we're already past, like, Halloween and, not, and, like, you know, like, you know, these things, like, when Super 7 releases them, they take forever um, uh, to make it. I would love if, like, it, like, you know, some, like, in the beginning of, like, 2021, they announced, like, the next wave is... The four Universal Monster Ninja Turtles, like for Halloween, and it actually gets released by Halloween. Oh wow! That like would for be like so like awesome. next year, that would be awesome. Like I, I mean, if they can do that, like I'm just crossing my fingers <laughs> that that they would do that because 
those four were my favorite action figure. Like I like those, and I like the the movie ones. The uh, the the four turtles based off the movies. Now for Super Seven because they use a hard plastic, I don't think the I don't think it's good. I don't think it would be good for them to make those movie figures because I don't think they'll unless they make it rubbery. Like you know, like that's what I liked about those when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, so, and like they, I know they do like they'll do more hard plastic. So uh, I I wouldn't mind if they they skip the movie ones, but I really want the Universal Monsters. Like one hundred percent, I want I want to recollect those in this Super Seven thing. What about the fifth turtle? The uh, Zach? Yes. Well, they never made an action figure for Zach, so I mean, if they want to make an action figure for Zach, you know, I'll leave that one up to NECA. <laughs> I'll leave that one up to NECA, like, uh, for, uh, for the fifth turtle, like, you know, <laughs> but yeah, uh, those are the, like, my top ones I want, like, uh, I know whatever Super 7 releases is gonna be awesome, and, like, it, because, especially, they really hit the, they really hit more nostalgia for me, because I'm an action figure collector, yes, and that's what I love about them. Yes, but I, I really like these designs because you know how much I love the classic. Yeah, 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 yeah. You always like the classic um, action figures, and like they're you know, so somehow they're so like colorful and innocent. Right, exactly. No, I I definitely agree with you there, and I felt like the action figures like Playmates had more freedom uh, to do uh-huh. uh, to do stuff, and like because uh, they were because they didn't have that limitation of. Of, of it being animated so they could put like as much detail as they wanted yeah in there and then like and then when it came to the cartoon they're like oh we gotta take this action figure we're gonna now make it into a cartoon character and then you have the animators are looking at it and like like yeah we're not putting all that detail um it, it um and this like you know like we're we gotta make it like plain and flat so that way we can uh easily animate this mm-hmm. yeah so that's all of our Super 7 news. Uh, really exciting stuff. Uh, you know, uh, drop us a line. Let us know what um, what, what uh, Super 7 figures you want to see. Um, you know, uh, like, you know, uh, like, you know, I'm, I'm curious. We're curious about that. All right. So let's go into another big, uh, you know, hobby collecting company. That you enjoy. What is it? <laughs> oh. oh, I love it. All oh. right. So. It's something that everyone now are just making Bebop and Rocksteady. I know. Everyone's just like, everyone's jumping in the Bebop and Rocksteady train. I mean, you know, uh, Super 7 already did, uh, already revealed Bebop and Rocksteady. They just haven't released them yet. But, uh, so we're looking at uh, the next Funko Soda figure, which is Bebop. And, all right. The only thing I'm, like, bummed about... Wait, there are two colors. Oh, because... Okay, one's the original color, one's the chase, you know? Because, like, uh-huh. all of them had the chase. It's just that for his chase, they chose this, like, uh, weird color. It, it's, like, the same kind of color scheme that the chase shredder has. Uh-huh. Uh, now, the one thing I'm kind of bummed about with this was that they skipped Raphael. Like, hopefully Raphael's, like, next. Because, you know, we've seen... Because uh, we know Mikey's coming, we know uh, Donnie's coming, we know Shredder's coming, but the but we haven't they haven't shown Raphael yet. For, really? Yeah. So, hope that's, like that like, would be very weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure Raphael's coming. They just chose Bebop before Raphael. It, it's kind of a weird decision, but 
uh, that's what they chose. But yeah, we got uh, we got Bebop coming. Uh, should be available to pre-order. I believe you can pre-order it on Entertainment Earth. Uh, again, like the other ones, uh, one in six uh, chance of you getting a chase. So if you buy a whole case, and that whole case has six figures, uh, one of those will be one of these uh, off-color Bebop. Yeah. I have a feeling they didn't put uh, Raphael because uh, they know that people are waiting for Raphael. Probably. And they're like, okay, if they if they were the Raphael, they have the whole set and they don't check the site again. Right. And you're probably right about it. I believe what they're doing is like, we haven't had Raphael yet. Probably Raphael will be announced like uh, the next one. And now that we have Bebop, at least like as Anna was mentioning that like, we can like hold out, like people can like go and like be anticipated for uh, Rocksteady. Oh wow, what's uh, this? All right, so this is a collaboration with the video game uh, Smite. So uh, Smite is one of those free-to-play uh, multiplayer games where like basically you yeah one team going against another team and they go and like you just have like all these players like fight fight each other. Uh, the game is free. Uh, you can uh, download it, I believe, on PlayStation 4, Xbox, and Switch. I mean, probably PC. Going to guess PC. And, uh, well, I... Uh, just to let you guys know... Uh, okay, wait. Well, while I'm talking about the actual game, I didn't actually talk about what, why we're talking about this game. Their next, their next battle pass is going to feature the Ninja Turtles. Uh-huh. So... Uh, the art is very cool. Yeah, the art the art is really cool. And, like, so... Uh, I recently, like, I mean... Like, as of yesterday, I actually downloaded this game on my Switch. Uh-huh. I haven't had a chance to set up my profile or anything like this. Uh, the Ninja Turtles Battle Pass is coming out next month in November. Okay. Alright, so... Uh, so you can play it on Switch, this one? Yeah, yeah, you can play this on Switch. You can play oh, this on Switch, so you can play cool. it on Xbox, you can play it on PlayStation. I don't know if you can play it on mobile or not. Uh, but, it's, um, but yeah, it, it's, like I said, it's a free-to-play free uh, uh, multiplayer game. The way they make, the way that these games make the money is, like, you know, is that you spend real money to get, like, cool stuff. Um, I'm not sure how you unlock the turtles. I don't know if, like, to get to unlock the turtles is that... You have to pay the money, or you just have to do some events to do it. I have to like look into that. I know, like, like I said, the battle pass is coming out uh, next month, and from the trailer, I could from the trailer I saw, it looks like that these aren't actually going to be like original characters. These are actually going to be skins for other characters, uh-huh. and. Uh, I'm gonna like so if you guys don't know uh, what Smite is about because I didn't know until uh, until this happened. Uh, basically, you play as like gods. You play as like real like uh, religious gods or mythical gods or mythical uh, deities. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And oh, here's the fun part about this: the developer is High Res Studio. High Res Studio. Is in Atlanta. Oh, really? It is that video game studio that we sometimes pass. 
Oh, wow. Remember I told you, like, we passed, I was like, oh, look, it's that video game studio. Oh, that would be so great if we, when they became... Yeah, exactly. Now oh. I want to knock on the... Because I know exactly where the studio is. I want to knock on their door and be like, hey, can we talk to some turtles about, like, you know, you know, you know, can, you know uh, we, we, we can try this. Like, literally, their office is, like, less than 40 minutes away from the house. Oh, we have to try it. Yeah, yeah, we definitely have to try it one day. I, I don't know if they're inside the building or not because of the quarantine, because, like, no, no one's in our office. But yeah, I, yeah. What, what am I going to try? I, I'm just going to go go up there and just knock on the door, like and, and see what happens. Uh, but but yeah, like um, you play as gods. I believe like now I believe what it is like you just when you you unlock skins for the uh, already previous characters. Uh huh. And so it so, what's... so it looks like that uh, Leonardo is going to be Osiris. Donatello is uh. Son uh, Wukuna, Raphael will be Loki, and Mikey will be Mercury. Uh-huh. Yeah, and like, I'm, I'm sure some of those god names um, are familiar to you. Yeah, there's some like Greek. Yeah, 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 some Greek, uh, some Roman, I believe one of them were Hindu. Uh, like, so I'm not exactly sure how exactly you unlock it. We'll find that out when the Battle Pass gets released. Uh, the other thing... What they're doing is, so you have their design, and then, um, and then you have like a radical design, which the radical just basically looks like the cartoon colors. Uh-huh. And if you see here, like even like Donatello, he has like the the a D initial on his belt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just like you know, just he still has the goggles on top of his head, like the classic cartoon didn't have that. Yeah. But like they made them the look. The colors is more. Yeah, yeah. The color, it, it, the colors are more. Um, like they just like you know, it, it. That's actually pretty cool. And then they also said that like in their, in their loot trip, in their loot chests, during this uh this period, that you'll have a chance, to get, shredder, and a that's, chance. That's such an amazing uh design. Yeah, it's actually a really cool design for shredder. And then you can also have a chance to get uh, Splinter. Oh, I love this Splinter. Yeah, the Splinter lo- actually looks uh, really cool. Uh, what does Shredder and Splinter do? I'm not 100% sure. Um, I, like I said, I, I just downloaded the game. I haven't had a chance to actually uh, set up my account yet or uh, play. To be honest, this is one of the best Splinter I ever saw. <laughs> this is actually a really cool Splinter. Uh, yeah. Uh, so really cool, uh, really cool they're doing this. Uh, I'm definitely going to be uh, joining in um, from this and see if I can unlock the turtles or not. Like, and uh, from what I've been hearing, uh, people who've been, especially because there's few people who've been playing the game because of this announcement, uh-huh. uh, they've been saying that uh, they've been having a good time and they've been enjoying the game. And so it, it's actually cool that like you know an establishment. The, the, the developer studio that's like not far from us uh, actually got this chance uh, to team up with Nickelodeon. Oh, that would uh, be so cool if you can. Yeah, it would be really cool. Talk to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, fun fact, like you know, um, you, you know, the summer when like I, I didn't have a job, I actually tried to apply uh, for that company, uh, but they were looking for like advanced game developers, and I am. Not even close to a video game developer at all. Like, like, uh, video game development is so much different from like 
Dot .NET, yeah, yeah, from like .NET development. <laughs> That's all we got for this week. Um, you know, so a lot of figure reveals and a video game. Those are some really exciting uh, news bits, but let's get into the episode. You ready? Yes, I'm so ready. Today we're talking about Attack of Big Mac. This originally aired on October 10th, 1989. This is Season 3, Episode 12. This was directed by Phil Wolf, and it was written by Francis Moss. Honey, you want to give us a summary? My story is completely cheat. Uh-huh, okay, okay. Someone helped me. Someone helped you? I'm not saying the name, we just started J. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if... It was a, it was a robot from the future that uh, it just keep uh, feel awesome shooting lasers different color color, color of shade lasers uh-huh. and uh, Krang want to uh, get the uh, the robot um, because he want to bring other robots from the future and then um, the turtles are also working with the robot. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, pretty much sums it up right there. I mean, all I see in this episode was shooting uh, lasers. Hundred <laughs> percent was like. Hundred uh, percent shooting lasers. You don't. You don't feel like that. No, no, no. no. There were a lot of lasers. I in feel here. like they. I mean, they, this robot came from the future. Future has lasers. Yes, but I thought that they they just like figure out this technology of this <laughs> backlighting and they right. like. And then they just went hog wild. Yes, it's it's kind of like when you learn a new technique, <laughs> and you're so excited that you just keep using it like wherever you can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a few things about it. Uh, the main the main character. Uh, his name is Mac, which stands for Mobile Armored Computerized Combatant. Uh, he is actually based off of very loosely based off the character. Uh, Johnny Five from Short Circuit. Uh-huh. So he kind of looks like that. He kind of has that Terminator uh, backstory where he's from the future, uh, you know. And then like, in his a pacifist uh, uh, robot. Uh, he is voiced by Splinter's voice actor uh, Peter Peter Renaday. So we kept our guest waiting long enough. Let's go ahead and start talking about this episode uh, uh, with our special guest. Uh, we're, so before we talk about the episode uh, Attack of Big Mac, we got a special person to help us uh, talk about this episode. With the voice of Crank himself, Pat Fraley, is joining us in the podcast. <laughs> well, hello, Anna, and hello, Jason. <laughs> you start talking. I love the, ha- the sound of your voice. It makes me want to puke. <laughs> All right, oh that is incredible. That was... I love it. So before we... You know, earlier we were talking about my boys, and I think they were all 10, 12 or something when uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hit. And um, they, they had no idea what I did, and they shared me at church, at school. And all the kids went crazy when I did Krang. And they turn around like, what are you doing? It's just my dad. <laughs> That's so cool. But but they used to, um, when we had, uh, what do they call it um, at the end of the year when they uh, when they support, they get money. Um, they sell stuff and they do. Oh, like the fundraising? 
yes, fundraising, they would give me a way to a, like a Cub Scout group to call and talk to them. Right? Oh, wow. Which, which I love because I would go, hello, what's your name? And they go, Billy. And I go, shut up, next kid. And they were delighted. So I got through them. Oh my God, I can't, I can't put your voice on my uh, ringtone <laughs> and can hear it all the time. I love it. <laughs> so, so we got to know, like, how, how did the birth of Krang's voice, like, come? I mean, because this is a very unique voice. Yeah, it is. It's probably the most strange uh, creation I ever did. Well, I, I got called in to actually to replace somebody, the director, who cast himself in four parts and did it on the weekend, and that irritated uh, Fred Wolf, the producer. So they called me in. I think Susan Blue had something to do with it, too, the director. And they said, uh, all right, uh, you ready to go? And I go, well, let me look at it. And I look at this sheet, and it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I'm thinking, oh, that'll never go with that title. So I look at Krang, and it says, uh, Krang, evil, bodiless blurb of a brain, but funny. And I thought, well, I got nothing. And so I had about two minutes. So I kind of put together the six elements of a character voice, which I had broken down a few years before in Australia when I taught, uh, was teaching a lot. And I just sort of came up with it based on he's evil, he's undulating. So I, I mixed that with placement and pitch and uh, mouth work and all the elements and went in and did my worst and I got tired. But, but the funny part was that every, and, and Susan, who directed me in maybe over 200 episodes, never knew what I was doing. But when I would talk, and I would undulate because, and he was puffy, and he was all over the place because I was working with James Avery, who did Treader. You remember that guy? Yes, 100% we remember him. Well, he was a wonderful Shakespearean actor, but he was a Johnny One Note when he did cartoons. He was always angry and talked like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I knew I could go all over the place, and we eventually got known as the odd couple from outer space. So, anyway, going back to this, um, I, uh, well, I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, getting this role. Well, one thing I did at the end of lines, every so often, I would talk backwards like this. Hello, Jason. And, and why it's all oh, no. You know, so I did this backward talking. Well, it was something I learned in the fourth grade, how to talk backwards, right? But where it came from was when I got really angry with my boys. And I, we had four, Renee and I had four boys in five years. So we had a lot of little kids. <laughs> well, when they do something wrong, I go, you know, Pappy, leave Harrison alone. And I'd get heartburn from yelling. Uh-huh. And heartburn sort of sounds <gasps> like you're talking backwards. So that's where that came from. And poor Sue Blue, she'd go, all right, that was good, honey. Just don't talk low. She didn't know what I was doing. Don't talk low in the end of that sentence. Okay. So that's sort of how it came about. <laughs> that that is amazing. Uh, something I really uh, something I really want you to know is that one of my favorite cartoons uh, growing up, and not many people like even remember this cartoon, is 
the Ghostbusters cartoon. No. Uh, not the one that's based off the movie, but the other one, the one that you were in. <laughs> well, they called what I was in the original, and they called the one that Frank Walker and Mola Marsh and other people were in the real Ghostbusters. Yes, exactly. And, of course, I auditioned for the original first, got the role, and so I couldn't do the real Ghostbusters, although I snuck in and did a couple of shows anyway. They never knew. Oh, oh wow. I, I loved doing that show. It was early in my career, and I had this one character called Ghost Buggy. And um, now what I do was do a car, you know? And so I, I got to be a human car, and I loved that role. That, oh wow wow but that's so amazing that uh that, so so you and the other like uh peter cullen and everyone else that was in that show weren't allowed to do the the real ghostbusters cartoon no not really they, they banned us but uh i think frank went on vacation once i got a call and did his role and you know i i snuck in and did a couple gotcha that's that's amazing so you know you've been in the voice acting industry for a good while like you know like especially like you know in in the uh mid 80s where like you know cartoons were really booming uh on like syndication on saturday mornings and like till now uh what's the difference you've seen from the voice acting like between then and now well uh jason first of all i've been doing it over 40 years and when I started in L.A., I was, uh, oh, I think I was about 30, and I'm 71 now. So when I came to L.A., I worked a lot at Hanna-Barbera, which was a, a major animation production company. And um, I was old enough, I'm probably the oldest now, the old enough to work with the first generation of voiceover guys like, and women, like June Foray, Mel Blanc. Dawes Butler, Don Messick, all these people that had been around since the 50s. And that was a real joy. Uh, back in those days, we did, uh, we didn't have guests. We pretty much did all the roles. And, and uh, our contract called for three characters in a 21 and a half minute show. So we learned while we were working because they'd go, okay, who's lying in the contract? meaning who has only two rules, not three. I'd raise my hand and they go, okay, you're Dr. Wu. And I say, Dr. Wu, that's Asian. I don't do Asian. And they'd say, well, you do now. <laughs> and that was the way it was even in the late 80s with Fred Wolf. The other shows had guests, right? To do the villains and, you know, kind of <clears throat> add a little spice. Well, Fred was uh, frugal. How's that for a word, Anna? Frugal? <laughs> you know what that means, right, honey? No. Yeah, uh, that, was... that means cheap. Uh, <laughs> Anna's only been in this country for like uh, seven years. So. Yeah, well, yeah, cheap is really what it is. Okay. And Fred would have us do all the roles. And when we talk about the uh, Mac attack, uh, I'll, I'll address that. But we learned on the road, and the difference between then and now is we pretty much had the whole cast in one room. I spent nine years next to Rob Paulson doing uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Although we didn't have scenes together, we just loved to be around and amuse each other. But can you imagine once a week or twice a week for nine years? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> unheard of. Right. And it was uh, quite a joy. 
especially when you, we got stars in there as guests, because they were in our turf and they were amazed at how versatile we were. So it was a it was a good era. And you're right about things really getting hot about 1984. Why? Because He-Man didn't go Saturday morning. They go they went after school. And uh, that was Monday through Friday rather than just Saturdays. Well, they hit a huge market share, and that changed everybody to doing Monday through Friday. So that was the end of the Saturday morning cartoon era, the mid-80s. And we all worked a lot because there were only about 20 of us in L.A. where they did most of the animation that were capable of doing that many characters. That's kind of what happened. I mean, we were up to nine show, different shows a week. It was a real golden age and we were paid well too. So that, that's kind of the difference. The difference now is uh, they used to just call us and say, you have this job. Or we'd audition and there was no callback. We just got the job. 60, so the, the, the buy went from 13 shows a year. When I started doing Scooby-Doo's, and those kind of shows for Saturday morning, there were 13 shows. That's one quarter. And then they rerun all year until we got till May or June and work a month and we were off. You couldn't make a living right. yeah. uh, in cartoons. Well, Frank Welker did and a few, but very few. Well, that 13 episode buy went up to 65 per quarter because of Monday through Friday. Right. So it, it was exponentially huge. Awesome. So I know you mentioned uh, like the Asian voice. I wonder like do you like uh, do you ever like study an accent uh, for doing a special character or something? Well, I, I was pretty fast with dialects on it before I began. And I mean, uh, for example, I would do a Slavic kind of I could do Russian and do a Slavic dialect. They were the same. I mean, somebody said, oh, that's not Croatian. I go, really? Yeah. I guess I won't play in Croatia. <laughs> so um, I, I, I don't recall other than in theater, and that's how I started, studying dialects. I learned how to study dialects when I went to acting school at Cornell. I got an MFA and I learned along the way, and so I could pick up a dialect pretty fast or what was needful for them. Now, we're in a different, we're in a different era, though, Jason and Anna, because we've got to be careful about uh, what we, we learn. For example, um, <clears throat> I wouldn't study a Japanese dialect or a Chinese dialect because I, I'm not of that extraction. Or I wouldn't study a Southern African-American versus a because uh, it's a different era. Yes. yes. So that's just the way it is. I mean, you know, Atlantic Monthly magazine uh, interviewed me and said, well, what do you think about not playing certain roles? And I said, well, I remember talking to Ed Asner. Anna, you remember that act that was on Mary Tyler Moore, grump, kind of grumpy Luke Grant? He was in Up as well. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah, he was the old guy in Up. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Well, he was my neighbor and a dear friend, and I called him up and I was, I told this to Atlantic Monthly, that I called him, I called Ed Asner up and I started grousing about not getting a role uh, doing an audio book written by F. Scott Fitzgerald, which is about a aging writer. It's kind of funny. I thought, and the whole role went to Tim Curry, and Tim Curry is a, is, is a Brit. 
And I was bemoaning the fact that he's British. Why couldn't I do it? And he stopped me and said, hey, it's acting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I told that to the gal that was interviewing me. And she said, do you mind explaining that? And I said, yes, it's just a story. You know, it, it explains itself. But I don't get into the nuance. You know, I understand. Right. Right. So uh, something uh, I've always like uh, wondered, like when I was a kid, because, you know, like especially I would say when the Ninja Turtles was on like syndication and I know this happened with other cartoon shows as well. There would be episodes where your character, like where, uh, well, certain uh, characters that be voiced by different people, yours in particular, like uh, Burn Thompson and Krang would be replaced by uh, Townsend uh, Coleman. Uh, like just for like a, a few lines for for a few episodes. Yeah, well, you know what? That's a funny story, Jason. Um, Fred, after a few years, I would always go on vacation in February with my family in Hawaii, and I do the show from Hawaii. My lines, and they put them in the. It's called uh, Recorded Wild, and they just pull it. They put it in the show. Well, Fred didn't like that. He balked, and so he. Um, they were recording and said, hey, who does Krang? And, of course, Townsend, well, I'll do him. <laughs> he did a couple of shows, and to this day, I can embarrass him by saying, oh, you have a good Krang. <laughs> because I got no money for those shows. Right. But, you know, uh, that that's, that's kind of what happened uh, for that show. Other shows, they'd wait for you. They'd... they'd I remember I, I, I did the butler on um, Richie Rich and covered Rene Bourgeois because he was on vacation. I did the same tempo and stuff. And it's funny because Rene Bourgeois was a, was a wonderful commercial, uh, actor, but he was a little bit of a snob, right? And so when I came back, he's like, I want to tell you what a wonderful job you gave in substituting for me, but you really have to work on that dialect. Thanks, Rene. So, um... Uh, one of my questions is that when uh, you choose, when they offer you like a character, um, is it a difference like being a uh, bad guy or a good guy in like how you make the voice? Like, for example, like when you're a bad guy, do you think, do you try to think like a bad guy or <laughs> how does it work? Well, for me, it's a little different than other people. I, I don't have a good connection with being evil. So where I go is comedy. So I have really, when I get on the edge of being totally mean and outrageous, I kind of get funny. So that worked real well with Krang because he, the, the, the more angry he got, the funnier he was. Yes. So um, for me, villains are always written better than the other roles, which was wonderful when I did the more I, I've done them. But later on, it's funny because now with all the conventions, they only want to see the turtles. Nobody wants to be a villain. doesn't matter who, the, even my agent, come on, do this convention. I said, what? They won't come to my do- my desk. You know, what am I going to be, Krang, the villain you hate to love? Uh, yeah, actually, um, something I've noticed, like uh, uh, the conventions that uh, you do uh, go to, uh, unfortunately, we've never been to a convention you've been uh, at, but... Um, they, I see that they advertise you as Casey over, uh, Crank. Yeah. Yeah, well, Casey's more popular because he's not so bad. 
he's kind of a vigilante and kind of cool. And when I got that role, it was just handed to me and said, you're doing this character. And I went, really? Today, right? Uh, what do you want? And they said, oh, I don't know, just a young Clint Eastwood. And so I went, hello, Violator. That was it, you know, and that was the essence of Casey Jones. I pr probably would get more people interested in Casey than Krang. Although I did Byrne and Baxter, I did about 45 different characters uh, during the show because, as I said, we had no guests. You've done, like, a lot of different characters, and, I mean, I, I, I think we can kind of be... I think it's kind of clear that your your favorite is uh, Krang. Other than Krang, which one of the characters, the, re the recurring characters, did you like a lot? In cartoons? Yeah. Uh, or, yeah, 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 in cartoons, uh, yeah, in, in general, yes, in cartoons. Like, wh which character did you really enjoy doing? Well, I'll give you my three top ones that are ones from a different medium. Uh, for money, it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because we did nine years and residuals, and so we all made a bag of money. It was also very uh, um, popular. It was the most popular show I ever did. For a critical acclaim, I did the audio book of Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. And it was like 91 characters and 34 dialects. It was just, you know, fun to do. And I got great, great critical acclaim. Then there was one that's very unique to me. It was called Tailspin. And I played uh, Baloo's uh, lovable but ignorant sidekick Wildcat, who was a mountain lion. And uh, they were having a hard time getting him. And so, because everyone was w looking at the picture and playing him dumb, because he, he had a big prognathic jaw. And, right? But I thought, well, why don't I make, make him naive? And so I had a character like, Blue, is this a rancho banana? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> because I just thought, uh, let's make him naive. And, uh, okay, so I did the show and worked well 10 years later at least, maybe more. I get a call from a psychologist that works with someone with autism. And uh, she said, would you mind if I put you in touch with this uh, gal, uh, um, Morgan? And I said, yeah. And so I, I developed a relationship with this gal. And it gets back to this. There's a couple factors. First of all, uh, people with autism go to public schools because they had resources. They had, you know, generally they have more resources. So they go to school and get humiliated all day, but they come back after school and watch a character who they looked at as special. My character was, you know, sort of stupid, crazy, you know. And they saw that all the other characters loved them. Well, as I dug deeper and got older, I realized that where I got that character, that was like that also lurky in the Rainbow Bright, <laughs> you know, where I got that was because I was, I was reared around deaf people. My grandfather was a superintendent of the Gooding School for the Deaf. And if you notice, without tone, doing an impression of a version that, you know, you can hear it in there. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, and, yes, definitely uh, hear it. I wasn't making fun of it, but that was kind of how I connected. You know, you had an earlier question about do you just think evil or be evil? Well, I thought being uh, naive and not getting certain things. Well, if Disney knew that I based my character on a uh, challenged person, 
or person with uh, challenges, I would have never got cast. But it turned out to be a wonderful thing. So it's very cool because like you educate uh, something that is yourself uh, for something that is very abstract and it's like with the experiment that you had. Maybe, maybe that's the case. But in no case, no time was I making fun of their challenges. I was just playing that little character and uh, it just turned to God, just took it and turned it to, to good. Right. Uh, so, some so something else I'm wondering um, with uh, Ninja Turtles. You know, the 2012 series they had that special like team up where they got to meet the original turtles, and you got to reprise your role as Krang. Uh, was it hard for you to get back into the character of Krang, or was it like it, was it just immediate? Like you got it, you got it right back. Well, that in the case of doing any kind of characters, it's easy to get them back. It's a matter of mental or physical adjustments. The funny part is, though, I would go on vacation, like I mentioned, once a year. I, I, I threw my neck out twice when I came back to do them because I, I was too relaxed. But it's easy. And it's funny because when I did the crank, I brought him back. It was easy. But I came in and there was Seth Green. Do you know that actor? Yes, yes. I like him a lot because he's short and I'm short, too. Yes. <laughs> Well, he's very short and redheaded, and I loved him in um, the Austin Powers uh, movies. And uh, I looked at him because he played one of the turtles, and I went, Seth Green. And he looked at me because he's kind of a geek. And he went, Pat Fraley. You know, uh -huh. he would be the only guy to know who I am or what I do. But it was such a, a joy working with him. And I'd worked with Sean Penn before and worked with him. and. It was a joy and easy. That's so cool. Oh, uh, now I know with uh, I know with Crane, like he got like a lot of uh, like you know dialogues with uh, Shredder, and I know with uh, voice acting in general, like most of the time you guys were isolated in the booth. Um, did you ever get a chance, like you and James uh, Avery, like to do like uh, just just give each other like lines, like back and forth to do the dialogue? Well, you mean oh yeah, well me being crying and he being shattered. Yes, 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 exactly. Oh, the most most that I ever did was with uh, James. Now get this, we were in a big booth. We had the entire cast in there, no matter where we recorded. He was way in the front, and I was way in the back, and we never changed it. Oh, wow. But he was so loud, it was, it was easy to hear him, so that, that was no problem. And when I really caught, caught on to him being low and loud and mean, I went all over the place and got real kind of feminine, something like, that hurt my feelings, you know. Oh, I, uh, you know, you could, have, you, you could applaud if you had hands. That hurt, you know, and I go, Crane, I hate you. You know, I could go all over the place with him. Right. And so it gave me a better range. And also, I must say, and um, I'm kind of dipping into uh, our season three show, uh, The Mac Attack, Big Mac, uh, Big Mac show. Um, by that time, we, we didn't ad lib as much as we did in the first year and, or second year because it had become this huge hit. And they were, you know, oh, it was like union arbitration to get an ad lib through. But I got to say, having uh, looked at that show, 
the lot the writing was so good yeah all the jokes and all of, was written not uh, not ad-libbed which was different than the first year oh wow so they, they didn't know what they had gotcha so uh, since uh like i'm an independent animator so this is a question that uh i always had like um do they give you like a storyboard uh first and you uh do the voice acting then uh they animate it or they give you the full animation and then you have to voice over the characters in america the voices come first in ja- japan the picture the visuals come first and you adr or you replace their lip flap you put in lines oh okay so, so that's the way we we do it in america um we would go for for krang and something like a lot of shows for genie Junior Tur- turtles rather we would go in we'd see the script for the first time we'd rehearse it we'd be Handed, we'd be told who we were playing, and if there were a character that we were not familiar with, they'd show us a design sheet, just a picture, and we'd kind of have to come up with something that they liked off that. It was sort of like we were young people that go, "Hi, here's a a insane turtle with you know," and they show a picture of a turtle with splayed out teeth, and and he's insane. What do you got? Like. We're, like we're some people. We're going to talk and roll and jump through a candy glass window. I don't know. And so we'd have to come up with two or three things, and they'd choose something, and we'd go. Wow. So that was sort of like we did. Now, when we they wanted us to roll, when we got in there, like with Filmation, which did the uh, original Ghostbusters and Brave Star and those shows, we would get a script in the mail, or it would be delivered to our home. The day before. So we would be ready in a way to do the show. That's so interesting. Yeah, that's actually uh, really cool. Uh, So uh, let's go ahead and uh, start uh, getting into the episode uh, Attack of the Big Mac. Okay. And um, first, uh, the first thing you know, you you are kind enough to like actually watch uh, this episode for us, so we can like talk about it, uh, which I appreciate it. When was the last time you actually sat down and actually watched Ninja Turtles? Jason, I think I've watched about ten total out of the two hundred. Uh, That—that's exactly the kind of answer I was expecting. I've talked to like so many, so many people like, oh, I, I used to watch it when I was on on TV and everything. But I know professionals—they uh, um, they work on something and then they're ready to work on the next thing. Well, we did. We were working, making them. We didn't have time. It's rather like reminds me of my dad who sold Fords. In the 50s, right? Right. Well, um, he'd sell, you know, um, XLs and Mustangs, right? And some of those cars, he never drove. He never got behind the wheel. Why? Because he was busy. And that was sort of like us. Uh, You just don't, maybe when I'm old, I'll sit down and for years I'll watch what I did. But I haven't. Although I did watch the Attack of the Big Mac because I knew we were going to talk about it. Right. So, uh, to me, what was uh, interesting was uh, before, like, before we actually see Krang, we actually do hear your voice, and you're one of the security guards, like, uh, uh, going out, like, uh, uh, you know, kind of defending against the the robot. 
And I remember that they gave me a one line, perhaps, of a mall guard, a guard. Because remember, all, all of us did three different characters on those shows. In fact, the Attack of the Big Mac really is Pete Renaday's show. That's what I think of. Peter Renaday did, uh, what was the rat he did? Splinter. Splinter. <laughs> he always did Splinter, but then he did uh, uh, Vernon. Vernon, yes. Right? Yes. I worked for uh, Burn Thompson. I did Burn Thompson. I did Burn Thompson, The Guard, and Crank. But Pete, he got to work it on that show. He did Vernon, a small role. He did uh, the... Uh, Splinter? Splinter. Right. And then he did uh, the Big Mac, too. Especially the lines. It was harmonized, so it was hard to tell. But when he spoke clearly, he did his impression of an actor called Pat Buttram. I don't know if you remember him, but Pat Buttram was a guy that talked like that. And his voice would always go up and down. And he was Western. Well, you know, Pat used to say, well, I just never went through puberty. But he had a strange kind of read, and I remember working with him because he was Roy Rogers' uh, sidekick, also uh, thinking of uh, Gene Autry's sidekick uh -huh. in in, uh, in movies. But then he did cartoon work too. Well, it was an homage to uh, Pat Buttram at that time. So Pete really got the workout on that show. Right, yes. Uh, he 100% did, and the reason why we wanted to do this one with you, because uh, we felt that Crane got, a, like, a lot of good lines. Oh, yeah, he had a, a lot of scenes with uh, with uh, Shredder. And one of my favorite lines is actually from, like, uh, when we see Crane, and he gets, he has, like, the, he has a device in his hand, he hands it over to Shredder, and Shredder's like, how do you happen to have this? And and then, uh, you know, Crane, he says, oh, well, we have to move the story along. And it was one of those instances yeah. where you're pointing out that this is a TV show. And that's one of our favorite things about this show is the fourth wall breaking. Right. Well, I was surprised. By the way, that was a written line. Uh, also, there were a couple lines about, well, save us from that dialect. You remember that? Yes. Yes, yes. About, uh, uh, Big Mac, which was Pete Renaday doing his pad bathroom. Those were all scripted, I think. I don't think those were, those were ad-libs. The big ad-libbers on that show were uh, Rob Paulson and I. We would got to the point where we'd hand each other ad-libs instead of the lines and dare each other to do it. <laughs> we, we only, you know, that whole show is based on the two of us amusing each other like fifth graders in the back of the room <laughs> oh my gosh i'm now getting like just images of like just the two because the, the just the two of you just like being like um like school children just passing notes oh, to each gosh. other and like susan blue is just like tapping her like uh wand like on on the uh <laughs> the, table yeah table <laughs> well they never knew what they'd get in fact one of my favorite moments was I had a line like, how would you like to be boiled in oil? Right? <laughs> yeah. Rob got it and wrote an ad lib and handed it to me and said, dare you, dare you. <laughs> and I did the line and they actually used it. And here's the line that I used. How would you like to be sauteed in oil with just a touch of some <laughs> 
and they took it. It must have been the first year. Because after that, we would ad lib like one, two, three times, and the producer Walter Kubiak, who was working for Susan Blue, would go, "No, no, stick to the line. No, no, stick." It was like union arbitration. We were begging him to take an ad lib line. <laughs> like now i i know you mentioned that like the the, the first uh, year um you were able to ad lib a lot of lines and then it kind of got strict and stricter and stricter like do you remember do you remember like if there's any like ad lib lines that you were able to do like in the later seasons that actually made it through well performances jason more than ad libs um on any script with a villain, they always have this line, oh, no, and spelled that way, right? Right. It's when they uh, fail, and uh, they, they usually yell it, right? But Crane, I thought of as well, he's a born loser. He knows he's a loser. He's trying not to be. So I would have this build up, build up like finally in the tetradome i will rule the world i am lord crane and then someone would go wrong and i had that oh no line and i would record that this way finally i will rule the world oh no <laughs> <laughs> and they let they let me get away with that and i think it has to do with the the acting choice rather than the line but as i mentioned um the scripts got better too. So we weren't really going, oh, they've ruined the show. We just thought, well, you know, they don't need us as much as they thought they might. That's but good. I remember um, Barry or uh, my cousin Cam Clark or Townsend, maybe a, a bit of Townsend's ad libs. But those guys, they didn't ad lib that much. So, so and, it was uh, mainly just uh, you and Rob that did yeah. most of it? And we, and we weren't in each other's scenes. So the ad-libs that you hear are, uh, with the Turtles is a lot of them are Rob's. And the ad-libs with me with Shredder in a different world or different uh, scene was me. Because James didn't ad-lib. Gotcha. Uh, actually, speaking of uh, you and James, uh, in this episode, there was this... Great exchange that I that my brother and I we we loved as a kids and like we like repeated it so so many times and like and that's like where uh, you tell Shredder like cross your heart and hope to die and Shredder says uh, what heart and then you say Shredder you're my kind of guy yeah I bet that was written uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. like uh, like the way that it was done like like it really felt like you guys were really like uh, playing off each other. <laughs> Well, we did, and you know, uh, the, I always tell people it's not because I'm so versatile that I've done hundreds of cartoon shows. It's the secret is I, I, I cheated, I acted. So underneath whatever character I was doing, my background was all theater, and as I mentioned, I, I went six years in school, emigrated to do Shakespeare in Australia, learned to do voices there. It was all based in acting. And so, yeah, I would do like silly, outrageous characters, but underneath I played my objectives, you know, I played actions, I listened, I responded, and that kind of pulled it off the page, as we all have to do. We all have, if we perform, we are saying, um, 
let's pretend that you, we never had a script or text or copy, and these are our ideas. And that's what performing is. That's what we like movies, where we, we never think of them reciting lines. Mm -hmm. And I think in cartoons, you don't either. A lot of good ones, you don't think of them reading. Right. Right, exactly. No, and, and that that really, like, like especially, like, these kind of, like, exchanges and, uh, you know, you and, like, uh, you and Shredder uh, interact a lot, like, throughout this episode. And this is, like, um... In this in this episode in particular, like we see like a lot of Krang planning because Krang yes. really didn't really fight that much in the show. No, it was too expensive to get him out of his uh, robot, and they took away his tentacles because it was expensive to animate them. Oh, so oh they, you know, I didn't realize that. After, yeah, after a few years, but you know, it's rather like uh, uh, Jeff Bridges says he never ad libbed the line in the Big Lebowski because it was so well written. And I've heard people say about Billy Wilder, something like it hot, they didn't ad lib. And uh, also David Mamet, Joe Montaigne, who did two David, three David Mamet movies, said I only uh, changed one line and begged David to do it. And it was like one word. And he went, well, okay, because it's so well written. and. It made me understand that ad-libbing is not better than a scripted line if the scripted line is good. You never make a lateral move. In other words, you never take a line like, if you had a line like, um, Hello, Anna, how are you? There's no point to go, Anna, how are you? There's, there's no point. You just make, hello, Anna, how are you? You know, you make it work because it's, but if you have a line that's a lot, funnier and it's a good place for it yeah then you add it yes so in this episode there was a part that yeah there was a you talk and they get like the crank had like a microphone and yeah, the voice was uh different uh, so i was wondering if they put like a kind of like filter on it or you had to act that too well uh any of the production, which we call futzing, or they change it, for example, like when Big Mac talks and he's kind of, his voice is kind of harmonized, it's splayed out, that's done afterwards. And they might have a couple different people do it or not. And any of the PA system tricks or phone tricks, that's done in post-production. Okay. We don't play it that way. Yeah, we're aware we're on a PA, so we perform a little differently or a phone but not much. Now, if it were not like my voice, maybe they had somebody else do it. Who knows? Oh, okay. I, I didn't uh, I didn't pay attention to that part. Probably not. They probably took me uh, doing my line and then they pr processed it to sound like it was echoed, you know, a little. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, um, so in this episode, like, you know, there, there's a scene where the turtles, they go into the library and then there's like a, you know, a security guard, a rent a cop. And yeah. that character is actually like after him, uh, African-American, but he's actually voiced by you. And now yeah. I know we've kind of talked about this before we talked about the episode, but like, you know, now with like, you know, the Black Lives uh, Matter movement and we've seen a lot of like uh, voice actors um, like, you know, they're going and dropping their roles of, like, doing minorities. Um, if they, 
if they presented you with this character now, would you would you accept it or would you actually have uh, refused it? Well, that's a good question. Uh, first and foremost, my entire career, uh, I I would only do African Americans, with some exceptions, and I'll get to them. If I had control over the lines, because the one thing I wouldn't want to do is to present a stereotype in a derogatory manner. Right. <clears throat> okay, so in that case, when I looked at a line, it was fine, and I didn't play his ethnicity. You know, I didn't do my bad impression of an African American. The same thing happened, and I could only do it if I had control of the script, but I did do a role in The Tick where I played a uh, politician, a mayor, and I played his mustache, and I played him nervous like he's a politician, but I didn't play his African-American aspect because when I saw it, I saw it was African-American, it was okay because I wasn't doing, you know, my bad version. Uh, as far as today... I don't think I would be offered that role. Right. So it wouldn't come up. Yeah, actually, to be honest, I think you're right, which is a better direction. I know back then it was, it's a, it was a different time, and, you know, they didn't have those actors, um, like, in the pool. I just say, and especially with Ninja Turtles, as you mentioned, there was no guests. Well, yeah, but, you know, uh, this was an era before Phil Lamar got in. Phil Lamar is African-American. Went to Yale, good actor. He got in on the early part of making African American characters because they were more interesting. So uh, it wasn't because they had to, or you know. Now I think there has to be someone of color in the cast. This is done, you know, and I, it's a different era. Heck, when I got into it, Jason, all the cops, right, had Irish dialects. Oh yeah. Now. Come on, that, that, that's like a century old. You know, they used to take Irish people off the boats, put them in uniform and put them on the street. And someone would come up and go, say, can you tell me how to get to Fifth Avenue? And the cop wouldn't answer why. He didn't speak English. He only spoke Gaelic. So this whole thing of Irish cops and they all talk like that, that's so old. I don't even think they do that anymore. I hope they don't. No, I don't. I don't think they do. I mean, also, I'm mean, part of it is because no one even gets that anymore. <laughs> like, even if they try to do it as a joke, like no one would actually understand it. Well, you know, I, you, you, everyone has a theory. I mean, I know some people that I can actually do that are white. They can do an African American better than an African American. Why? Because they grew up around that they weren't them, but they watched them and they grew up with it. But that's not going to happen. It, 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 it's the exception of the rule. And I think that uh, the basic thing is life changes. You know, you, you roll with what how things change. Some cartoon shows, the cartoon shows generally are better than they were. Why? Because the, the styles are all over the place. You'll have a primetime bone reel cartoon show next to a wild and woolly crazy show. When back in the day, they were all sort of like Hanna-Barbera, weren't they? They're all kind of silly and goofy. They all jumped up in the air and you heard bongos and they ran away. So I have a, qu I have a funny question for you. So uh, I didn't grow up with watching Ninja Turtles. Uh, 
So recently, uh, the whole point of this podcast is that Jason is making me to watch uh, the original Ninja Turtles and uh, get my original feedback that how I feel. Then, then he also says his opinion. One of the things that we argue is, uh, and Krang is my absolute uh, favorite character. <laughs> oh, good. And he, one of our argument is that uh, I always tell him that Krang is the boss. But he says, no, there's no boss. Like, Shredder and Krang, both their boss. So I want to know your opinion. Who do you think is boss, Shredder or Krang? It's very a very good question. And bless your heart for watching these shows. My goodness. My wife has probably seen one half of one show and left, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think Krang thinks he's the boss. He wants to be called Lord Krang. And he has a desire somewhere to rule the universe. And I don't think Shredder really pays attention to him at all. There's a vying of power between the two of them. That's why they insult each other all the time. So I don't know. I, I think that uh, I, I get the feeling that just like the oh no, that's really where Krang's at. He's a loser who thinks he's the boss. <laughs> See that that answers everything for us now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Solve one of our problems. All of our all of it done. Well, here's the basic thing, Jason. Anna's your wife. She's always right. <laughs> she is. You're one hundred percent right about that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I remember when I did my first job, uh, Renee and I were married and moved down to Los Angeles. We were both about thirty. And I did my first job, which is called Scooby-Doo Goes Hollywood. And the Variety magazine, which is the industry magazine, certainly was at the time, reviewed it and called it Scooby-Doo Doo-Doo. <laughs> you know, horrible, you know, uh, review. But anyway, um, I came home from the session. We lived not too far from the studio with my contract. And at that time, I think it was about 300 bucks maybe 500 but probably more like 300 it's a thousand now and i handed handed it to my wife and said here's my first show i gave her the contract she looked at it and said hey that's two and a half pairs of shoes <laughs> and that pretty much sums up her relationship with me although she's a fine artist and understands my boys an artist we come from art backgrounds she gets it and understands but she doesn't take it that seriously which is probably a really good thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like speaking about your wife uh, uh i'm curious do you um for making your family your wife your children laugh do you uh, use uh, all these uh, characters that you voice do you, do you talk like them uh, like this when you want to no. make them laugh <laughs> no, it, it's so weird on it okay so i don't use uh, funny voices um, and my boy uh, although I used to drive Renee crazy by doing a bad impression of her and she thought she didn't get it I go well honey you said don't go away stay here <laughs> <laughs> and for years she thought do I sound like that but my 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 family had one impression and they go they'd say 
Well, dad, like you said, you can't go. And then I go to mom and mom says, no, your dad is right. And then I go to O.C. and he and I say, oh, they won't let me do it. And he says, well, you should do what they say. <laughs> I mean, one impression. So they, they didn't grow up with character voices per se. Although I got to tell you, my two youngest, Henry and Ford, I heard them on the phone the other night and they were doing some Oh, Latin impressions and characters and stuff. And they were so good. Oh, wow. <laughs> but they don't, uh, they never used it. And they don't uh, told me, oh, you're so good. Or, I love your work. Oh, you know, never. That's so interesting. Now, that is actually pretty interesting. So, um, you know, uh, just uh, go ahead and like um, let our listeners know what uh, what are your current projects right now and like what exactly uh, you're doing uh, for um, th these days. Well, I can't remember the name of the cartoon show I recently did, but it's uh, but a lot of what I'm doing because I'm older. I teach now. I've taught my whole career and I perform my whole career. Actually, when I was four years old, I was performing and acting. You know. I was playing army and I die so good. They all wanted to shoot me. And then I teach them how to die, you know? So it's always been the same, but now I teach more. And as I've mentioned to you, I have home study courses and they're all available, including my free uh, voiceover uh, lessons at patfraley.com. And you can see everything I teach. And I must have 30 home study courses. And uh, I teach around the country. People sign up and they get to email me MP3s and I guide them. So I teach rather than coach. I teach skills. And uh, that's pretty much what I do mainly because nobody is, is recording in LA. TV, films, uh, cartoons, it's just not happening yet. Okay, so I have a question around this. Uh, is there any age for... Uh like learning voice acting like for example are we too old to start it because <laughs> i know you have to uh you have to work on some muscles on your throat and your mouth uh or you can start any age you can start any age i suggest probably under 40 and you don't have to worry about whether you've had acting or training you get that along the way and the muscles in the throat you know it's more like we create a world that is magnified reality so as far as cartoon work and i'm talking generally not specifically i think being a bit fearless and making bold choices and getting attention that's good as far as video oh they want they want reality acting you know so if you're too silly or too funny or because you know 85% of all video games is drama driven 85% of all animation is humor or comedy driven big difference right yeah actually and I know you've done some uh, video game work uh, what are the what are like uh, like the differences of like uh, doing voices for a video game than uh, than a uh, animation well, the acting has to be bone real on video games. And you're less versatile, of course, because you do that, because you don't go so far with the character. So they'll put you in three different uh, 
roles, but they'll separate them so you don't sound the same, you know, they'll work that way. So that's a big difference is that you have to really focus on the acting and it's not as fast. You know, it's not, you don't do the line so fast. Where in comedy, you are fast because comedy is a lie. People really aren't that way. So you're fast and you do fast change-ups. For example, if I have a line like, bye, Barbara. Oh, man, I hate her. Okay. That that would be a video game uh, performance. Uh, a comedy in an in a animation would be, bye, Barbara. I hate her. No, no transition. Just a good switch up. I, so obviously, we, uh, your fans can find you uh, at your website uh, at patfraley.com. Uh, do you have like any social sure. media? <laughs> sure. In fact, if they go to the contacts, there is my real email and my real phone number. Emailing is best; it's faster because I believe in being available until I go to heaven. Then I won't be. <laughs> <laughs> So they can call, they can email me a question. They can go to my free page. There must be about 60 or more free lessons. They can see what I offer. They can call and say, swing me a deal. I don't care. <laughs> right. right. So, um, Pat, this was a huge pleasure to talk to you. Um, Anna mentioned that like you're her favorite character. She just recently started watching the show. Yes, and... thank you so much for giving us this opportunity. Oh well, you know it's been a delight. I love talking to you, and uh, and co of course I'm flattered that you like it more than my wife. <laughs> she probably doesn't know the the name Crank. You know, you know she wouldn't know. <laughs> Oh, uh, don't don't be surprised if you if you ever see me like sign up for uh, your voice acting uh, lessons. Uh, Anna's been like uh, pressuring me to like go into that. Yes, I actually I recently I told him um, I don't want to force our little son, but I definitely want to see if he has that uh, gift or uh, he he loves it. I want to encourage him to. And to work with a professional to to learn all this cool stuff. <laughs> That's good. Well, you know, Jason, uh, via honor or whoever, you just email me and ask me what you think would be a good starter, and I'll swing you a deal too. All right, cool. Thank you. Uh, you thank thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Pat, for joining us. That was incredible. Like, oh my god, that was one of the most exciting time that i had during this quarantine <laughs> it was so fun that was oh my gosh that was so much fun i mean just so much fun all right uh for everyone listening i'm pretty sure you guys have like questions on like okay why we chose this episode uh for him to talk about and like uh and uh, some other things um all right here's the deal I didn't get in contact with him until after we started this season. Because if I got in contact with him before, we totally would have talked about the season premiere. Because that was that was probably like the most Crane-focused episode like we, we had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I got in contact with him and I told him about this podcast, he wanted to make sure that we did a focus on Crane. And that's why we chose not to do Casey, an episode with Casey or an episode with Baxter, as those are those episodes are coming up. 
and but we didn't want to detract from Krang. Here's the deal with Krang, though. We were looking through all the episodes of season three, and he like he is such in the background. I, I didn't realize this. Like, and then like he doesn't really get into the um into more in the foreground until like the season finale. And the last thing we want to do is um like have him wait for us to get there. Yes. Yeah. And then the other thing is that, like, when we talked about it and we're discussing about characters we want to talk about, uh, the first thing we had to tell him was that we can't we can't do Slash. Because I told him uh, Slash is in Season 4, and we're still in Season 3, and we're going to be in Season 3 for, like, the next year. Yeah. So that's why we actually chose uh, this episode, because this episode was the one that was coming up and actually featured a lot of Crank. He's not, like, really the main focus, but every scene he was in, he really steals the scene. Yes, but we had a good amount of, like, seeing him, like, uh, talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely had a good amount of him, of him talking. Also, like, you know, just, oh. Uh, and also, Pat really brought in, like, some of the stuff that I never, like, some behind-the-scenes stuff I never would even imagine. So, to be honest, like, I don't regret our decision for doing this episode. Yes, me too. But... Uh, we are we are gonna go ahead and start uh, breaking down the episode and just uh, basically talking laser about the parts. The what? Let's laser the episode. Let, let's get this episode all all, all lasered up. Uh, all right. So one of the first things uh, I want to talk about was at the very opening scene, we see the turtles. They're watching TV. Yes. And there's a character on Dark the TV. Thing. No, okay, yeah, really close to DuckTales. It's Ace Duck. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying, hey, Duck Talks people. Yeah. (laughs) You could have been in this episode. And you could have had some uh, Tailspin talk. But you decided to uh, not. It's your loss. But yeah. It was close enough. Yeah, yeah, it was very very close. Uh, This is Ace Duck. This is a very famous like action figure uh because like it's very memorable this was like one of the like after they released the original figures and then they started making more they made this figure for and it was basically a duck in a pilot's outfit and for some reason and then like and like you know us kids we were like oh my god when is he going to show up in the show when are we going to show up in the show and this is the only time for these brief five seconds this is the only time he's in the show so, uh, like, how did you guys know that it will show up in the Ninja Turtles? Because it was a, they made an action figure of him. Uh-huh. They made an action figure of him, and oh. it was an early action figure. Because, like, they originally released the first ten. You know, the, they released the Turtles, they released uh, April and Splinter, and then they also released Shredder, Rocksteady, Bebop, and the Foot Soldier. Uh-huh. And then, like, ob- the toys were obviously popular, and they're like, oh, we gotta make more. And... He Ace Duck was one of the new characters that they made, and it was the only new character at that time that was not in the show. And we're like, okay, when is he going to show up in the show? And then when he finally shows up in the show, he is like, he's just like, it's just this, it's just like this cameo thing. Mm-hmm. And we're like, you know, you know, as kids, we're like, okay, where's the rest of him? 
<laughs> but, it, uh, but yeah, and like if you you heard like he briefly talks and he has that Donald Duck voice. Yes. Yeah, and like I mean, yeah, this is like, uh, you know, if you read the Archie comics, he was more in that. Uh, he also has a role in the IDW comics, but this is our only instance of Ace Duck in the original cartoon, which is ironic because the original cartoon, which makes him look like the pilot. In the comics, he does not have this pilot outfit. <laughs> you know, they could have totally had this, like, launch pad like Duck. Yeah. That could have been in the series. <laughs> and he just had a TV show. And, like, you know, it's almost like, you know, it's almost like making fun of, like, the Disney Afternoon. Because, like, in most affiliates, that was, like, on the other channel. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Donnie was, Donnie came and changed the channel. Yeah. You see that? You always like are like having fun watching something, and then your parents come and change the channel. <laughs> yes, I've seen that like way too many times. I see this in this, in my own house. I'll be watching something, and then two other people come in and they change the channel. Put on while while I'm watching something. Yes, you're watching like a Joker and Harley Quinn with creepy loud <laughs> laugh, and then we come and change it to. Uh, 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 Paw Patrol. Uh huh. Yep, that's what happens in this house now. <laughs> I can't watch creepy Joker and Harley Quinn laughing at each other, but I gotta listen to six doggies like drive cars. I think there's eight. I don't know how many dogs are in that show. Six. Six. Okay, there's six. Okay. <laughs> um, one thing else in this scene is like it's raining and uh, like. Mikey was Mikey was saying like oh no it's 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 raining too much and Raphael makes the jokes like oh you're you're a turtle you should like the water and and like I, I just like how he mentions Mikey mentions like no that's a totally uh that's a totally bogus concept <laughs> like I, it, it's just kind of funny how they're they're like just putting the just laying the ground rules of like no no us turtles we're we're not water turtles we're not you know <laughs> that that's not us. So, uh, what I like about, um, the, when the, it's like, because it was raining, suddenly, like, the antenna, like, changed, uh, right. and it wasn't much antenna, so the TV was, uh, showing those lines. Yes, yes, those, old... yeah, oh, yeah, the static lines, oh, my God. Yes, do you remember those? I, of course I remember those. You know how many times, like, I would, like, go grab my antenna and, like, try to, move it around to like so i can get the clear picture yeah. probably for this show too i mean and all right so uh i when i grew up i didn't have cable i like uh it's just the, my parents thought that that was like too much money and i don't blame them because cable, like at that time cable was like 60 dollars a month i mean now like cable is like way more than that but like so we had to fight with the antenna for whenever we're watching stuff. Is that antenna for old people only? Yeah, yeah. Oh, antenna's for old people only. <laughs> but, like, you know, I had an antenna. All right? That tells you my age now. Uh, well, and now, I just remember, like, my antenna, like, what, like, it was one of those that had, like, two sticks. Uh-huh. And one of them broke. <sighs> and, but for some reason, this one, even though it only had one stick, <laughs> worked antenna. better 
than our old, than our newer antennas that had like both of them and like the, like this one like was like the best one that was working, and I just remember like. They're usually like very weird, like. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely weird. I mean, now when you buy antennas, you know, because they have like HD antennas and they just they're just a box, and they're like or or this flat thing like ours like now is just like this almost looks like a piece of paper, <laughs> and we just stick it on the window, and then we're like we that, that's it, and like if we can't get a signal, we can't like really all we can do is just move it around. There's some science behind it, like. Fractions. Uh, uh, well, fractions is like a math thing. It's not a science thing. Is um, I mean, like it's a math thing, but math and science are all connected. Then yeah. the technology then comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right about that. You're definitely probably right about that. But like, I'm, I promise you, it's not fractions that come in. <laughs> but you know, all right. You know, this is a great segue to the next thing I want to talk about because you know, Don tells watching the edit, robot thing you can edit this part if i say this if i said wrong oh no we're not editing <laughs> this is staying in 100 staying in the listeners are hearing this <laughs> i didn't mean science i mean math i know what you meant it's all right it's in <laughs> it's not going anywhere else so it, at the end uh, i mean I, sh- I show you what i mean <laughs> all right all right sounds good but that's a good segue to the next thing i want to talk about because you know at this point Dantello is watching the you know the news and they're talking about like you know the the laser the laser gun and everything and they mentioned that it has like so many gigawatts and like mikey's like oh my gosh what's a gigawatt and i'll give this to ninja turtles because there was a very popular movie in the 80s in fact, like 1985, which is called Back to the Future, where in that movie they famously uh, mispronounced the word "giga" to "jiga." So, it, like, because the the scientist character uh, Doc Brown calls it "gigawatts," <laughs> and like, I mean, it's a very like famous thing, like because like because I mean that word wasn't that popular during that time. I mean, now it's like hugely popular because like we have. Like, that's, like, normal for us now. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, like, I give Ninja Turtles this. They pronounced the word correctly. They didn't, they didn't like, watch the movie and be like, oh, let's pronounce it the way he did. <laughs> I mean, because, like, that phrase didn't get really popular until, like, later when people realized, wait, that's not how you pronounce a word. Because, like, it, it took, it took, like, I mean, at least, like, almost two decades. Really? For, like, yeah, yeah. People were saying Jigga? Well, they, people weren't saying Jigga. But they just, people weren't saying gigawatts, but it's just that it just passed their minds. Uh-huh. Because at that time it wasn't... Of, I kind of wanted to have a, like a little hairy pet and call it Jiga. You want know, a little hair, curly pet and call it Jiga? <laughs> we'll get a pet and call it that, all right? Jigabyte. Jigabyte. And he bite everyone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, oh, you know what? All right. I I totally forgot this. I meant to go into the section right after we talked to uh, Pat. Um, And so I'm going to go into the section now. Because we have not had this section in, like, um, it almost feels forever. You know what section that is? Wrong turtle talking. Wrong turtle. 
That is right. All right. So six minutes, 34 seconds. Don't forget to put the music and make it. Oh, uh, uh, no, I won't forget this. <laughs> That's in the template. And I've been keep adding to delete that off the template for a long time. All right. So six minutes, 34 seconds. There's this, there's a scene. Now, before this time code, Leo tells the team, he was like, all right, Donnie, Donnie and Raphael, you go this way. Me and Mikey, we're going to go this way. Um, we're going to distract the robot while you guys sneak up on him. And, like, he makes it clear that who teams up with who. Yes. And then, so, uh, six minutes, 34 seconds, what happens is, first, Mac grabs Donnie and Raphael. Donnie, so I mean, uh, Raphael sounds like Raphael, as he should. But Donnie starts screaming like Leonardo's voice. It's not, it's like, it's almost like, okay, may maybe they put, like, the wrong vocal thing. Maybe, and then, and then, very clearly, we see Mikey stepping out as we see Leonardo with Donatella's voice. Just saying, whoa, don't do that, Michelangelo. I mean, and so, yeah, that, and this is our only wrong turtle talking, but I was just so happy to, like, <laughs> I, I almost thought the animators were, like, you know, on the ball, and, like, they were never going to make a mistake again, and I was like, oh, man, uh, I was so afraid that I was going to lose this section. <laughs> and the animators did not do me wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, that that is our um, instance of wrong turtle talking right there. Is like right there, and like what makes it weird is the fact that Leonardo has the line of like who's gonna be teaming up with who, uh -huh. and you would think, you would think like like line wise, like they wouldn't be like switched like that, like you would think like, you would think like the like, you would think like Leonardo would be, like, saying that to Mikey. But instead it was Donnie that says it. It's almost like the animators paid attention to what to what Leonardo said, but the, the voice actors and the voice director didn't pay attention <laughs> to what Leonardo said. I mean, this is, like, a really... This is, like, probably the most unique circumstance of this situation. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, at that point, this is where, you know, Mac comes in. He starts, like, destroying everyone, everything. The turtles come try, come in, try to save, like, April and everybody. And... I just wanted to, before you, before yeah. here, I just wanted to mention that... Yeah. The, the first scene, uh, I thought it was one of the, uh, like, not called lazy, but the least action... Um, scene of the turtles so far because they were just sitting for a while on a uh, couch and everything was just dialogue oh yeah between them you know i i actually agree with you because we don't really get that much of this show yes i mean it was very dialogue heavy yeah and i mean that's like that's something like like not <laughs> normal for ninja turtles yes like like because it, it's always been like okay we got action 
and like you know like like dialogue comes second because you know that like dialogue is like not what kids are interested they're not that's not why kids are watching the show and like you know usually when i mean anime is like a big contender of this usually when there's like scenes of like dialogue and everything it's just because the other scenes cost so much money that they like they they be lazy and make these lengthy dialogue scenes so they don't have to animate so much. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, I don't, and that might have been the case in this episode because we got, as you mentioned, we got a lot of laser fire. And so, like, especially at this point, just a lot of laser fire. Yes, like green, blue... Yeah, green, yeah, exactly. Red, red yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's everywhere. And, like, you know, you know... Mac is from the future. He should obviously have lasers. Um, the military also has lasers, but that's mainly because this is a kid's cartoon and we don't want to show bullets. So, uh, was the, uh, the name Mac, uh, was, uh, did we have the Mac computer those days too? Yes, we had a Macintosh computer during those days too. Mm. Macintosh computer was like definitely early 80s. And, that's probably how they got his. They pro, That's probably how they got his name. They just added an extra C. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know when exactly in Apple's like in like in Apple's uh lifetime where the Macintosh got shortened to Mac, like when that got popular. Uh-huh. Because like I mean, like uh, Macintosh. Macintosh was a very popular computer. Like, I mean, and like, I mean, in that time, it was a very new computer, I should say. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that time, like, because I believe it came out in 1983. I'm not like, a, I'm not a Apple, like, historian or anything like that. So I could be getting some facts wrong. I know 1983 is when that famous Super Bowl commercial came out. That's the, that's basically, um... My, like so that's why i'm thinking like that's like when probably got super popular i just don't know when the nickname mac started becoming popular because i believe when it when it came out people were just calling it macintosh i don't know if i don't know if by this time people were commonly calling it mac uh-huh. but that could have been but because of the popularity of that computer and like especially since it's from the future and computers were like thought of something to be from the future that could have been why he was named mac i've also been in the in the impression that they named him mac because of the stupid movie mac and me um and that was about an alien named mac but uh so also i think because of the title uh because uh because mcdonald's had the big mac and they like to call they had a slogan called Big Mac Attack. I think I think that was I mean the title is definitely a play on McDonald's sandwich, but I that maybe because of McDonald's sandwich is like how he got his name. Uh-huh. It's one of those three. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. Like you know all those things were like popular. Mac and P not so much, but but yeah. Um. But isn't it like. The uh, I I know the movie Wally came out like 
so much like yeah, later, but yeah. wasn't it the robot somehow looked like the Wally too? I can't, I kind of did. Honestly, kind of did. It, it looks, I mean, honestly, it looks more like Johnny Five from Short Circuit for me. Uh-huh. But like I mean, especially Wally wasn't even like there. But like I, I see what you're saying with the resemblance is like, but uh, you know, he had like the the tread. I mean, I, I see what you're, I see where you're getting at. But I think I mean, obviously they couldn't make, base it off that because that's yes, yeah. No, I just it just reminded me of yeah. But I I will say all right. So so when Mikey's like coming out saying, "Hey, peace, dude." And we see Mikey like like doing this like with his fingers and like with the peace sign. All right, that was a clear sign of the very popular uh, s- series Star Trek: uh, The Vulcan Symbol. Yeah. Yeah, that it, it was so clear. Like, and obviously Mikey can do it perfect because you know he he only has uh, three fingers, and he wasn't like us kids who like try to train our hands to, to like do this for like I don't know I, I I think I think it was like I don't think I can do it yeah no because you didn't grow up with Star Trek like it's a popular media in your country that's so hard yeah exactly oh no 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 we had to like program our muscles to do this <laughs> uh something else um uh something else about this uh robot he's from the year 2390. I found it odd that they chose 2390 and not 2389 because, like, you know, it's supposed to be 400 years in the future. Uh-huh. But this episode was released in 89, which probably means that more likely this episode was actually animated in 89, probably not 88. Uh, like, I'm just, like, it's just kind of weird. Like, it's almost like maybe they thought there could be a chance that this episode aired in 1990, that they chose 90 instead of 89. Uh, so... This is a... It's a Sector 4, Level A. Yeah, yeah, Sector 4, Level A. Yeah, exactly. That Because that's where he's from. So apparently, 400 years from now, there's no more countries. We're just all in sectors and levels. And we have to accept that. Now, oh, this is how... Uh, 400 years! We're, we're going to find out. <sighs> we're going to find out. All right, all you time travelers out there, from uh, 400 years, like, you know, all right, if you're listening to this in 2390, hi, my name's Jason. This is my wife, Anna. Um, you know, thank you for listening to our podcast. We're, we're so glad. The problem, like, don't, the, by that time, I think the, our language is, like, completely gone. And now they're trying using some machines to translate. But we're I, I don't know, but if you're li- still listening to this in 2390... <laughs> How are you guys? That's what, are you still watching Ninja Turtles? I think that's what what they're what they're hearing right now is a woman. Probably. All right. Uh, so something about Mac is like he mentions like he doesn't like violence. All right. He, all right. Mac does not like violence. As soon as he came in, he's, he was like guns are blazing. <laughs> I mean, he's like shooting lasers. I mean, like. Like, all right. And this... he was using thousand hands to grab this, grab that. Right, exactly. And, like, he's like, oh, I don't like violence. I mean, that, that would be if I saw a person, like, just just eating so many chicken wings. Like, you know, I go to, like, some, I go to, like, a place and, like, a restaurant or something. Like, and this guy's just massively putting down these chicken wings. I'm like, oh, man, you really like chicken, don't you? 
And the guy was like, no, I'm, I'm actually a vegetarian. I'm like, <laughs> like, like, no, like, no, like, how is this, like, I, I mean, because. I'm just eating not to see them. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Like, that's pretty much what Mac was doing. He was pretty much shooting so no one else could shoot. Like, like if you don't like violence, why are you like shooting everything? Like some, like this is the opposite. I and I understand that in twenty three ninety four hundred years, like you know everyone is like apparently at war, and he was built for violence. I think he uh since he fell in love with the TV camera, probably the TV camera like uh uh tricked him. The TV camera tricked him? Yes. You could be right. All right. You know, actually, I want to talk about the TV camera. Because, uh, you know, at one point he sees the, the TV camera. Yes. And he says, oh, number five, is that you? And that is a clear reference to Short Circuit. Because in Cir- Short Circuit, uh, the the robot was named Johnny Number Five. Uh-huh. And he calls the TV camera Number Five. Which totally does not look like Johnny Number Five from Short Circuit, um, and I mean, and then he's and then he goes and is like, "Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I thought that was my brother." And like, <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, in in this series, my brother n- Number Five, which we're gonna assume his name is Johnny, he also goes by Johnny, who um is a uh, is is a big is a Max uh, brother? Can I sing his song from? Uh... Yeah, go ahead. I want to see. I want to hear your song. <laughs> so our little son uh, watch a video. It's like baby's first video. Watch. Yeah, yeah. It's a very catchy song. It's just, Johnny, Johnny, yes, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> and then something else. No, Papa. Are you sure? No, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. You're watching way too many videos with our son. <laughs> Another funny scene uh, I will say about this episode. At one point, uh, like, the turtles are, like, riding on, like, Max, like, arms. Which, like, he stretches out his arms and, like, they're able to, like, sit on there. Like, yes. I'm like, I mean, that's a very, like... Like, you know, very thin area for him, for the turtles to sit on. And then, uh, uh like... Also, the way he, he was holding April. Yeah. I was like, it's painful. Right, exactly. And, like, you know, he he basically, he I mean, in a fancy way, he basically says he wants to go to a library. And, like, the turtles were like, oh, yeah. And, like, they point everywhere. And it, this is where, where I think it was kind of sad. Because, like, the turtles doesn't know where the library is. And, alright. This is the ironic thing. Is, like, especially, like, the popularity of Ninja Turtles. Especially with the kids. During this time, um, like, there were so many, like, like PSAs. And uh, other things. And, like, posters. Uh, they, they, they use for kids. Or, like, ads or that kind of stuff. Where you have, like, turtles reading books and they're like turtles say read books turtles say read more books like turtles say join a book club i mean they had like all like they had like all these things out there and like it's almost like all right if someone actually made like a political ad against the ninja turtles especially like you know during during this time like you know 
we have, especially here in Georgia, because we're we've now Georgia has now become a political battle state, which I never thought that would ever happen. Uh, well, we have just every time you turn on the TV, it's just full of political ads, like you in like. Like, there's, we don't even have, like, ads for, like, cereal anymore. Like, like uh, until, like, until the beginning of November, uh, hopefully. Uh, and, like, so now imagine just a political ad against Ninja Turtles. Like, oh, like, the, it's like, oh, the Turtles, they said they they want you to read. The, um, but the Turtles don't actually know where the library is. And they would take, like, Dantella's quote, like, no, we're not good readers. <laughs> like, and the I can see the political ads is doing that <laughs> with the turtles. Like, I mean, like that's all I can just imagine at that point. <laughs> all right. So something that uh, I I noticed in this episode um, uh, about like animating. Yeah. And they were somehow like uh, like being smart or lazy about an animating was that I mean it was working. Um, when they were, when the turtles were running or when they were coming down the steps, uh, they made the, they had like such a close shot that you could only see their face and their shoulder and then they just moved the background. Right, exactly. So they shouldn't, they don't need to animate hands and legs and... Yeah, okay, so here, so here's the funny thing is that, uh, because you know, I watch that CW show, The Flash, you know, that's like, that's one I've been watching on Netflix a lot. Yes. And, and like, you can clearly tell, like, especially like, especially in the later seasons, they stop filming the actor, like, from, like, the whole body. Whenever he wants to run, they just film, like, from his waist up. Uh And, like, all you're just seeing is him just, moving his arms back and forth and like it's like okay this guy's not even running he's just like he's on like some sort of like green screen and like there were like episodes like i swear yeah on a treadmill i mean it's like there are like episodes where it really looks like oh my god like like yeah this is cheap you guys like are not even trying anymore i mean i know they're making they're going to be making the uh flash movie like sometime soon like probably like after Wonder Woman finally hits the theaters, uh, but uh, like you know, I'm just saying, Flash movie don't don't do what CW Flash is doing right now. All right, <laughs> CW Flash has like not much of a budget. Your movie should have more of a budget that you don't need to film the actor from the waist up. <laughs> all right. Now, with Pat, we talked about the library, so we don't need to go into uh, the library scene too much. But there's one thing I do want to talk about because I know it's something you like, and that's the the guards' uh, underwear. <laughs> and with the heart, you know, with the hearts. And uh, you know, Raphael has that line where he says, "Like, I don't like, um, I don't like uh, um, people with like heart underwear." <laughs> And I felt that you wrote this line. <laughs> it looks like something I wrote. Exactly. So I just wrote something here. Um, there was a scene in the in the sewers. Uh, in, I mean, I think it was in sewer. 
Yes. Uh, there was a, you know, I like to pay attention to the yeah. background. There was a art on the wall. It looked like shredder, but I think it was kind of like, uh, I think it was a like Japanese barrier or something. Huh? But uh, it looked like shredder. Oh, you know. I don't know if you pay attention. I didn't really pay. I have to look at that. It could. It could be Shredder. Maybe maybe it was supposed to be something like the turtles like throw darts at. No, it was just just, just like art. May, maybe it was supposed to be a samurai. Oh yes. Or, it, it could be that. Yeah, I think. It, it, it could be like a samurai like warrior. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh you know, so speaking of the sewers, like, you know, at this point this is like where Max starts like kind of um, like having like all this energy come out of him and everything, mm-hmm. and then like he blows up the TV, and Mikey says like we still have like twenty eight payments on the TV, <laughs> and like in my immediate thought was like twenty eight payments. That's that means like at minimum. That means at minimum like they chose to do a thirty six payment plan. With the TV, which is three years, and I was just like, well, like you know, we've seen that TV. That TV's like missing a leg. <laughs> like, poor TV. I know. Like, what? Like, is are they paying like seven bucks a month for this TV? I know back then these TVs were more expensive. Yeah. I mean, because like now, now if you want to go to like Walmart and get like a twenty-six inch. Uh, flat screen, it's like a hundred dollars. Like, you know, I just remember we had a TV. Uh, I don't know, all of them are like that or not. But when we wanted to change the channel, we had to put the UFF, yeah, the, the UFF, the UHF. There you go. Yes, we had to touch the like the channels, and they weren't like even like a button that uh, it was like. Mm, like you had to turn a dial. No, no, not no. like that. It was it was like this instead of like this. It was uh, you had to put your finger inside it. You had to put your finger inside the TV. Not inside the TV, inside like, the button. Inside the button. So you had to you had to push the button. Yes. And then like it was like a little balls like the uh-huh. the, the channels were like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you had to touch them. Yeah, touched it. Oh wow, I, I have to like I have to say I, I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever seen a, a a TV like that at all. Okay. And on this out right now, gonna draw for me, and we're gonna this drawing we're gonna like post this on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, all right, all right. So you had to push, you had to push a button. Yes. And what happens when you push the button? Oh, look, 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 your finger goes inside it. Oh, you fi- your finger, like, goes, like, inside the actual button. Yes, and the button says, like, one, two, three. Gotcha, gotcha. I think I've seen those before. I mean, you have to see it. You are older than me. <laughs> I know don't, I'm older don't, than you. Don't make it like I'm so much older than you. <laughs> well, no, I just don't remember. I, look, I had... We had, the black and, we had the black and white TVs where we had to turn a dial, and then, like, if you wanted to get past, like... <laughs> If you want, like, the first, like, 12 channels, uh, like, it, it was on the top dial. If you wanted, like, the other the other channels from, like, 13 to 69, you had to put the 
dial on like this on like the last thing on top and then turn to other dials to get to those channels oh your tv was complicated we only had like i think four channel oh. in the whole of my, our life yeah that's because of, look like I, a- I remember when i was young and i went to iran there was only two channels one was spoke English, one spoke Farsi. And of course, when I was there, I only went... And the English channel was only news. Like, there was no... Something funny, because we didn't have satellite when we were kids. Yeah. But I just remember one day we were playing, then suddenly my brother was so excited and screaming, so happy. I don't know how, but somehow our antenna was getting the satellite. Oh, nice. And we were watching some channels that it was talking like... Uh, other languages. Oh, nice. The, the image was not so clear, but uh, I mean, it never happened again. But <laughs> we, were, we felt so awesome. That that does sound awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, so at this point, uh, Mac is like he left the sewer because he was like, okay, I'm causing so much destruction, and uh, Shredder had this new device from Crane to put on. Uh, Max neck and now Matt now Shredder's like taking over Mac because is uh, you know uh, using Mac to destroy the city and while this happens like you know the turtles like come up they try to stop Mac they realize Shredder's taking over Mac and April drives up to do like the news reporting and we see April in this like weird scooter thing yes it, yes I wrote it it was like a <laughs> Cool motorcycle. Right. And, like, immediately when I saw this, I'm like, I think they're trying to make a toy. <laughs> like, because, all right, we saw April, like, on another motorcycle before. And that was just, like, a normal, like, motorcycle. Yes, this is one of those that when you see in the movies, they want to make the girl so attractive. They, right. give, they give her, like, a cool, like, um, it, I, I don't know. I just felt like they wanted to make April, like, attractive to more for the men. I, I don't know. I felt like they were trying to make a... I, I felt like they were trying to make a toy for her. Like, you know, hey, April's new motorcycle scooter thing. I mean, because it was so... It just looked like it would just be an action figure. Like, like just be a toy vehicle. <laughs> like, in the next, like, three days. And, like, I don't think they are... I don't know. If, if they did, let me know. I mean, I know, the, I no, know I April made a... I know they made a news van for april and all they did was just take the va- the turtle van and just paint it blue i'm saying like now i want a t-shirt for myself yeah with april in that motorcycle with the camera in her hand uh-huh. and some wind in her hair <laughs> oh that'd be awesome we should <laughs> <laughs> we should totally do that <laughs> so after all this destruction and everything uh Shredder, Roxanne, and Bebop, they, they, they run away, and, you know, they, like, you know, Krang is mad at, at Shredder, because, like, Shredder didn't come with, he didn't, when he captured Mac, he didn't go immediately back to the Technodrome, he decided to, like, you know, have some fun, and then, like, so Krang finally calls Shredder, and we see Shredder at a hotel. Yes, yes, yes. I saw Shredder was at a hotel. Yes, yes. Shredder was at a hotel, and then, and like, Craig, I love this. Ex- I mean, um, with, with Pat, we talked about the uh, some of the exchanges between uh, Shredder and Craig because like they were so 
they were so like you know iconic and just playful and everything but this exchange was just i mean uh like i loved i loved like crane's like when he was trying to say something, but he couldn't say something, he goes like, <laughs> like that was like perfect. And we find out like, cause Shredder has Krang's credit card, the Alien Express card. Never leave the Technodrome without it. <laughs> yes, I wrote that. Uh, Krang was crying. Yeah. It was kind of like crying. Uh... Yeah, it, it almost was. He was like, he was mad. He was like, yeah, it, it really was like this. It it was more of like a just a, ang- like like an anger cry kind of thing. I actually wanted to mention this to uh, to Pat like, uh, like how he had that expression of like crying. Right. No. 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 De- definitely. You know that just means we have to bring him on. We need to bring him back on. Yes. Yes. Uh, the other thing I want to note is like so, uh, Shredder like they finally leave. They get into the uh, module. And which the modules are in the basement of the hotel, like, I mean, I don't know how the hotel like didn't notice this, like when they, especially since all the lu- people's like luggage, for some reason, is in the basement, like this is a hotel, not a airplane. Why is people's luggage? Oh, I tell you, one day I buy a module for myself. Yeah, exactly. But uh, uh now I want to uh, prove one of my uh, theories again. What's that? That the uh, Rafael doesn't have a L- license, license. <laughs> because uh, when Don uh, yes when Donnie was um, wanted to drive the uh, module yeah Ra- uh, Rafael was so scared and uh, he said are you sure you can drive this <laughs> <laughs> you know your your theory is probably right he probably does not have a license uh, the one thing I did write about this was so there was two modules one for uh, Shredder Roxanne and Bebop. Obviously, and then there was another one for the foot soldiers. And for some reason, when they left, they like you know Shredder, Roxanne, Beam up. They had their module, but like the foot soldiers didn't leave. They just kind of. It was almost like they were guarding the module. They probably didn't program to drive it. I I guess so. I mean, like that has the only like because like. Like, the foot soldiers, like, you would expect the foot soldiers to actually, like, go inside the module. Like, what would have been more believable is if, like, the turtles ran in and the foot soldiers were about to get into the module and, like, they, like, get, like, get, like, you know, like, were able to, like, uh, hit them out of the way or something like that. (laughs) Or, like, or, like, as soon as the turtles came in, like, uh, like the foot soldiers start like firing or something like that, like or try try to do something, but like they're just not even close to the module. It was almost like they're guarding this extra module when they should have been like driving it away. <laughs> I need a module in my life. Yeah, uh, I know. I know. With Pat, we were talking about some of the uh, fourth wall breaking stuff, and this is one thing we forgot to mention. Uh, well. To be honest, we didn't really forget to mention this. It was more of, it doesn't pertain to him because it's not, because he's not an animator. But Raph's line when he says that this looks like a cartoonist nightmare. Oh. <laughs> that, I love that line. And, I, you know, it's, I mean, and this was very fourth wall breaking. At least this one isn't, like, directly, like, hey, we're a cartoon. Not like, 
Krang's line or he says, oh, we're, I have this to move the story along. Yeah. But, like, I mean, but it, it is a very, like, very funny, like, fourth wall breaking moment there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's cool. Uh, and then, yeah. So, so, something about the Krang, like, uh, like, they were animating uh, Krang's eyes a little weird in this episode. Like, yeah. If they were, I mean, they never, I never saw they animated this way. Uh, like, one of them was getting, like, popped out or... Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. There's also one point where I felt they, I felt like they didn't put Krang in the proper place in his body. Like, it felt like he was, like, too high or something like that, or uh -huh. too back. Like, do you understand? Yes. Like, he, like, it was almost, like, it, they didn't place him in the correct area. And, oh, and, and, so maybe they, they did, maybe it was a layer and they didn't do the layers well. That, that's what I was thinking too. And I, well, I, I mean, I know with, I know with Krang, like when they animate him, like they also animate him with the robot, but maybe, maybe it would, this one, it was like, maybe they're animating the Android body and Krang as two different cells. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think you're right about that. Because that's the only explanation I can think of, too. Is that, like, maybe maybe it was just two different cells. Because I know, I know with, like, some characters in some, um, in some series and some movies when they're animating, like, the, the characters are in, like, different cells. And they don't actually, like, actually touch each other. Yes. So, you could, you could be right about that. Um, at this point, you know, like, uh, the... Um, Mac is like gone back to normal, um, and like the um, Krang is like ordering everyone to like stop the turtles and Mac, and Krang like you know cr uh, Mac like basically welds Krang's uh, androids feet onto the ground so Krang can't move anymore, and Krang like calls onto the rock soldiers to come in. We see the rock soldiers come in, and then we see, we see the robot who hates violence <laughs> blows up two rock soldiers. <laughs> All right, now here's what I wrote about this: rock soldiers are not foot soldiers. Rock soldiers are actually like living beings from Dimension X. Uh -huh. Foot soldiers are just robots, uh -huh. and like I think the animators did not know this about the rock soldiers. Um, when they were doing this episode, because this is our, this is like on-screen death. That's like very rare in this series, but we have on-screen death of these rock soldiers. Yeah. Cause they, I mean, you know, obviously it's not violent. I mean, they just blow up and like, they treat them like, they, they treat them as like rocks instead of like living beings. I mean, obviously like, you know, but it's just like. I'm pretty sure, like, whoever, like, supervised this, like, did not tell the director or the animator, like, oh, hey, those guys are, like, living beings. They shouldn't, like, blow up. Th those aren't foot soldiers. Uh-huh. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, like, they, they, they're kind of, like, a little messed up there. And, our, like, so, all right, our final scene with Mac, we see him, like, um, move his hand around, and then all of a sudden, Mac has fingers. Like, throughout this episode, 
He never had. He never had fingers. He had like these like weird grippy things. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like somebody was like, "Oh, you know what? Let's give him fingers in this one final spot, in this one final thing," <laughs> and like no one corrected this person. No one. And people were like, "I, I <laughs> like." I mean, I know this is towards the end of the episode, but I don't know how, like, animation works. I don't know if, like, this is, like, if they get to it and they're like, oh, this is a mistake. Oh, this is sad. Who cares? Let's keep going. <laughs> like, I don't know how that happens. But, like, it, when we see Mac with the fingers, I'm like, whoa, that's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, so something else. Uh, something else we see um, at the end is, like, when you know, we see the turtles, they're eating pizza. Uh, one thing I know I wrote about Donnie is that the end scene we see Donnie when he's eating the pizza, he eats the crust first. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that or not. No, I didn't. No, so he ate the pizza backward, like he ate the crust first. Oh, cute. Yeah, yeah. And that actually I don't reminds... think I, I don't think anyone eats like that. No, no one really does. Now here's the funny thing. All right, <laughs> like Pizza Hut, like in the '90s, Pizza Hut could have used this in the commercial. So in the '90s, like you know what stuffed crust pizza is. I know I gave that to you a couple times before. Yes. That's like where the cheese is on the crust. Yes. Right. So this was made in the '90s. It was made famous by Pizza Hut. I don't know if they invented it, but they're the ones who made it famous. Mm-hmm. And they're when they were introducing it, they're like, "Oh, guys, eat the crust first. Oh. Uh, because it had the cheese on it. It was like, oh, this is the most delicious part." Because, like, because at that time, oh, like, I mean, well, I wouldn't even say that time. is a lot of people, they don't eat the ends of the pizza. Yes. I mean, and those, those people, are, you guys, are, that's wrong. <laughs> I love, like, you know, I love the crust. Uh, but uh, there's people who don't like it. And, you know what, and whenever I see those people, and they, I see they leave the crust, I go eat after them. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I'll take those germs. Well, not now, I won't take those germs, but... When everything's back to normal, I'll take those germs. Uh, but yeah, that was like that was Pizza Hut's like thing was like, oh, eat the crust first because like you know because people weren't eating them, and so they could have totally use this image of like Donatello eating the crust first. And obviously, this is someone who like I don't know like whoever drew this, whoever animated that probably never ate pizza in their life. Like, I'm just saying. Or maybe he was very creative. Um, I actually think he was... Do you see in the, in the Mermaid, the, um, there was a scene that she was combing uh, her hair with the fork? Yeah. So, I think it, this is something like that. This is like a creativity of the animator. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but, also, but our final scene, which is our, like, you know, our... Haha uh, joke scene is that we see Michelangelo uh, burning the pizza and like they basically say, oh, who um, who needs Mac destroying the city when we have Michelangelo? <laughs> and that is pretty much everything about this episode. So uh, something I totally forgot to mention uh, before we started, my big memory of this episode, because, you know, I also have these memories. Uh-huh. All right. So my biggest memory about this episode in particular was I was in high school and when I like, okay, so when I was in high school, first, like, uh, uh, at this age, like, you know, like, liking, like, kids shows, especially, like, uh, I I think I was, like, 
15 or 16, like, that was, like, everyone, like, tried to hide this fact. And, like, I was one of those that actually tried to hide this fact. I was like, oh, no, I don't, I don't watch kids' shows. And we, oh, my theater group, oh, because I used to do uh, theater uh, in, in high school, we had the Christmas uh, White Elephant Gifts Exchange uh-huh. thing, where all of us, we bring in a gift, and then, like, we all exchange it, and, like, like people would bring in, like, ha-ha, joke gifts, and then people would sometimes bring, like, oh, man, this is so cool. So, it got to my turn. And I was picking up my gift, and it was, like, I felt it was a VHS. I was like, I was like oh, it's a VHS. I'm totally going to pick this up, because, you know, I, like, I, I um, and I, I'm going to say this. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this before. My parents... Did not like buying VHS tapes. Like, this was just something that they would not do. Like, and it drove me crazy. And I think this is why I have, like, one of the biggest DVD collections ever. Because I think this was my way to rebel against them. Um, like, they probably... Because like, they thought that that video cassette tapes were a waste of money. <laughs> they still think that way. I, I know they still think that way. I mean, you know... And they still are, they still are passwords for, for stuff to watch. Um, but they, they just They use your password and then they blame you why uh, you waste your money for all these things. Exactly, 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 yeah. They'll be like, well, why are you wasting this money? Oh, by the way, I want to watch the new Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't blame me and then you go say you want to watch it. All right, rant over. But, but yeah. Like, so that's actually why I picked up the VHS tape. Because I was like, oh, it's a VHS tape. I actually have some, I'll have something to watch. Because I think I had five. When I, but at the age of 15 or 16, I think I had five total. I had. And like, I was like, oh, I told, like, you know. So I opened it up. And it was Ninja Turtles Attack of Big Mac. This episode. Oh. And I was so excited and again i'm 15 years old uh like this is the age where like people like they try to hide they're like oh i don't i don't want i don't don't want people to know i watch cartoons i don't want people to know that that i'm watching this at this time ninja turtles i believe like this is like when ninja turtles was kind of like uh like power rangers was already out and like ninja turtle like so uh so like the Though, so kids were already done with Ninja Turtles because they moved on to Power Rangers. Uh-huh. And, uh, like, you know, us people in our age, we, instead of, like, watching Power Rangers, we watched uh, Saved by the Bell. You know, that's why I asked, asked that question back then. Uh, and so I got the tape. I was so excited. And and then, like, whenever, like, so you, you played White, White Elephant. You have a chance to open a new gift or steal a gift. And <laughs> yeah, every time people were like, Every time people were like, okay, show what gifts you have, I did not show the tape. <laughs> I kept it behind my back during the whole time. And, like, I just remembered there was this person next to me. And, like, I, I don't even know who this person was. I mean, and I, I, I don't know. I was so close to the theater group. But I really, I cannot remember who this person was. So, obviously, this person didn't stay in theater. And... And like he, he saw, I was like, and he saw me. And he was like, "What? Are you really trying to hide? You have the Ninja Turtle tape? Don't you want to get rid of it?" 
I said, shh, don't tell people. <laughs> like, I was like, I, I, at that point, I didn't care. I was like, you know what? If people knew I liked Ninja Turtles, people will know I like Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and now I do this podcast and everyone in high school knows. Everyone I went to high school now knows how much I like Ninja Turtles because they messaged me, they messaged me on, on, uh, on Facebook and everything. They're like, wow, I found some Ninja Turtles stuff. You want it? And they give it to me. <laughs> but that is my big memory about this episode was that I had the VHS tape uh, of it. Oh, cute. Yeah, exactly. And I get, obviously, I came home with it because I hit it. <laughs> because I didn't want I didn't want people to know that I had it. And like I mean, and I felt okay. Uh, just to add like other like things uh, to this, I felt like I had like some uh, like redemption because the year before when I did this uh, white elephant thing, uh, I ended up getting a broke. A broken hamster cage and I was so mad about that and I threw it away <laughs> and funny. yeah exactly yeah yeah and like that was like oh uh, so Who gave such an awful I, I have no idea we I but mean, you we, know like somehow it was related to Ninja Nerta yeah yeah it wasn't a rat uh, cage it might, might have been a rat cage but I threw it away I mean but I was so mad about that it was a broken hamster cage That's uh, yeah nice. yeah I, 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 I saw it I remember and like yes, I remember, I was so message. like mad about it because like I bought something cool, and then like and then I get like this something this, not cool. I get something not cool. So I'm saying like let's put a message in this uh, podcast. People, please buy cool stuff for the yeah people, white elephant. Yeah, people, please buy uh cool stuff for a white elephant. All right, uh, that's pretty much all we have about this episode. Uh, thank you so much, Pat, for joining in. Yes. And yes. Uh, all you guys who are still listening. Uh, to us right now because I know this is a extra length podcast. I really like because uh, I I read I really told us like oh when we break down the episode it should be real fast because we talked uh, most of it with Pat but obviously we still had a lot to talk about uh, with this episode uh, even with his input uh, with it uh, and like and we also had a long news news day too yes uh, but. Uh, something else I want to um, add real fast. I want to be- give a special shout out to uh, at Montero Tom from Twitter and at Toynado at Twitter. All right. So if you guys uh, listened to our podcast last week, I told you guys that I was not able to get Tragging uh, Grand-, Grand Tour because I was actually helping my neighbor uh, when... Uh, when that came out, well, at Montero, uh, Tom, uh, sh- he went to Target, he found extra, uh, Trag and Grand Tours, and he posted it on Twitter, and then at, uh, Toynado, uh, tagged me on the post to make sure I was aware of it, and even before then, at Toynado posted, uh, on Twitter, hey guys, let's let's see if we can find this action figure for uh, the Turtle Recall uh, guys. That's so cool. It was so cool. People and, are awesome. Yeah, people are awesome. I really appreciate it. Uh, Tom, thank you so much. He bought the figures. I had, Right now, I still haven't received it, but he gave me the FedEx tracking number uh, for it. And I uh, should hope I should be getting it uh, sometime later this week. That's so sweet. It is so sweet. Uh, just like, you know, I... It, it felt awesome. Um, thank you guys for, thank you guys for who's listening to this podcast and you guys like, hey, like you know, you guys put us in our thoughts. 
yes. in your thoughts. And yes, that's exactly. like awesome. Yes, yes, that's so nice. That's so nice. I never imagined this would like ever happen. Like, um, and to be honest, when we put this out, we're like, hey, if like one or two people listen to us, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and we're so grateful uh, for you guys listening. Uh, and if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be able to get like people like Pat Fraley or uh, Ash Paulson uh, on here. And uh, we're hoping. We're hoping we get some other future people uh, to come on here. Um, and if you, if there's are, if there are any people that you want to be on this podcast, like you know, uh, let us know. And if you tag them, that give that makes it more presentable to us to so we can bring them on. Uh, so, but thank you so much for the support. It's been really wonderful. Um, and. Like, honestly, when Pat came in and said our names as Krang, <laughs> that was, like, probably the most wonderful moment, like, of yes, this podcast. And yes. I don't know anything that can ever top that. Yes, exactly. I mean... That was uh, one of the best experiences I ever had. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how we can ever top this podcast, um, but hopefully we will. Yes. <laughs> I, just, I just don't know how. Uh, but... Join us next week. Next week we'll be talking about the episode The Ninja Sword of Nowhere. And honey, guess what? What? We finished that DVD that we just watched. We're gonna go into the next DVD. Oh really? That means the next that means we don't have to watch that stupid um Inspector Gadget uh promo <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Hopefully it's not on the next DVD. Uh but yeah. Uh, if you have any questions or memories about uh, about the episode of the Ninja Sword of Nowhere, uh, let us know either through Twitter at Turtle Recall Pod, or uh, you can email us at uh, Turtle Recall Podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you want to leave us a voicemail for this episode or any episode or anything, if you just want to leave a voicemail and say, hey guys, um, love the podcast and just want to ha- hear your voice on the podcast, do it. We'll play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing we ask is just keep it, uh, just just keep it G-rated and uh, keep it less than three minutes. And you know what? Uh, but yeah, we love to hear you guys' voice, and we want to definitely keep this like community driven as you guys are. Uh, yeah. And again, um, thank you to uh, you know, uh, Montero Tom and uh, Tornado, and make sure you know hashtag uh, collector uh, collectors helping collector. I think that's what the hashtag is. You guys will help me on that. <laughs> All right. Alright, till next time guys. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to us. If you have any comments or memories you want to share, be sure to reach out to us on Twitter at Turtle Recall Pop. Turtle Recall is proud to be a part of the Res TV network. Be sure to go to Res.tv to check out our podcast and other great podcasts they have available.